Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. That's me, and they're talking about a mini heat wave hitting Ireland this Easter, which is only what next week after next. So, talk about tropical air plumes on the way, which would be nice. I mean, it's kind of strange that we're getting so much of this great weather, like, and it just—I mean, nothing like the ten or fifteen days we got up to maybe a week ago, but it has been fairly extraordinary across, or certainly across all of March. So, a mini heat wave could hit Ireland this Easter, according to the Mail this morning. And Air Cork Air, I love talking about changes of season and summer coming, and the anticipation of you know people going overseas or going on holidays or going around Ireland or what have you. Echo's got a lovely story on the 40 scheduled routes that will be served by eight airlines uh, running this summer at uh, Cork Airport. Uh, It's a bigging up the airport as they try and uh, get back to uh, better times and to drive on. So we get all the London flights. There's no big deal there. We've always had them, but we got the Malaga and the Lanzarote and the Faroe and the Dubrovnik and lots of Eastern European destinations and different types of, uh, you know, airlines that, you know, weren't always going in and out of Cork Airport. Air France, Lufthansa, Swiss Air. You got KLM Royal Dutch and Vueling, the Dutch one, uh, and lots more besides. So great story of uh, one of the other stories in Cork Airport is apparently is that Dublin Airport is stealing our staff. Uh, a lot of the security personnel, well, an amount of them anyway, have to have to be relocated to Dublin because they can't cope with the uh, the queues and the backlog in Dublin Airport, and they need the Cork staff to go up and tell them how it's done. Uh, meanwhile, um, of course, the cost of living continues to rise. The examiner break it down this morning um, to the bake basics and the staples. You know, the pasta and the price of a sliced pan and steak and uh, medium chicken, butter, you name it, potato, milk. Uh, you know, even down to wine and cans of lager and the amount that they've gone up uh, because of inflation and uh, all of the different related costs when it comes to fuel and distribution. Uh, so they're, wa- they're warning in the papers this morning that uh, there's more pain to come. And prices are rising faster now than they've done in well over 22 years. Uh, also, you're probably going to notice a difference in, in restaurants. The Mirror this morning is saying that restaurants um, will, if they haven't already, start to put up the price of main courses. And they spoke to a couple of restaurants that have already done so by putting four euro on their main event on the menu. Uh, papers also so, and this was something that broke on this program yesterday morning with a, a caller to the show who told us on air uh, that Tony Houlihan's salary is uh, 30 grand more than the highest paid Trinity lecturer and professor because uh, Houlihan stays at 187,000, but the TD, or sorry, the Trinity College Dublin maximum salary cap is 157. So he moves over there on his secondment um, and gets an extra 30,000 higher than any professor who's already there gets. So this gets worse and worse. Bear in mind now that Tony Hoolan moves to Trinity on 187 and then the taxpayer and the Department of Health through the taxpayer's tax payment has to pay another person to do his job for another €187,000. Meanwhile, just under a million people remain on hospital waiting lists. Nearly 100,000 of them are children and nearly 85,000 of them are pensioners on hospital waiting lists. And I'll have some more stories on that uh, across the morning. Now, uh, the Russians have, um, you know, a bit of a tit-for-tat going on. They've booted out two Irish diplomats. I think we saw that coming. But this morning, the Sun says um, that uh, soldiers have been ordered by their generals um, to uh, shoot civilians. One commander has told Russian troops, apparently, to kill them all. And these are innocents, innocent civilians now. Just, I mean, who isn't innocent in Ukraine? Every single one of them because they didn't wish for this, right? 
Um, this, of course, is the horrors of a, a, a genocidal war. So Russian officers chilling order in the Maripol massacre killed them all. Papers also this morning talk of uh, court cases. One of them I will come back to because I actually uh, have a text from one of the people who was in the bonds at the time when all of this was happening um, where a, a staff member uh, was robbing patients money before the courts yesterday. I won't dwell much on it now. But how did the bonds catch uh, the thief? Well, the, they, they put in a, a manager uh, as a patient, he booked a room in the bonds using a fictitious name, but also put in a, a, a like a covert camera and put some money in different occasions in the uh, different locations in the room. He spread 150 euro different parts of the room and then left it. Uh, the um, I, I guess the word went out to catch the thief. He, he was being moved to a theatre or something, and I guess that she then knew there was nobody in the room, so in she went and was captured on camera entering the room and uh, taking 100 of the 150, putting her into her scrubs pocket. So she was before the courts, woman by the name of Claire Murphy. Uh, she said she was having a lot of problems at home trying to pay bills and pay the mortgage. And, uh, uh, you know, she um, just... Uh, there was a few different um, incidents, apparently. One was for 50 euro, another was for 200 euro, and one was a very old pensioner, I think, who had 700 euro stolen at the bonds. Um, and another court case is a woman who took on a court, uh, took on a, uh, a hotel and lost. Uh, she was before the courts looking for a compensation payout for damages and injury to uh, her body. I think it might have been her arm where she claimed she was scalded by a faulty kettle. Uh, that went all the way to the court. I'm noticing a lot more judges now are throwing out uh, court cases if they just don't believe it uh, or if the proof has not been made satisfactorily enough. And that, that was thrown out. I don't know whether she should get costs on it or not. And, and I did mention this uh, skin reversal uh, revolution, apparently, uh, an amazing breakthrough. And they give an example in the uh, the sun today as to how Keith Richards would look if he were to take whatever this miracle treatment is. Now, I don't know whether it's an injection or a cream or a tablet, and it'll be a while yet before it'll be available. But within the space of two weeks, within the space of two weeks, they took three middle-aged people in the UK What's middle age? I haven't, I haven't a clue what middle age has anymore. Is that like 50 or is it 60 or 65? Who knows? But they took them anyway. And in a two week period, they gave them this skin cell biological treatment and their skin age decreased by 20 to 30 years. It's just incredible. So they do a mock-up of what Keith Richards would look before and after. I have to say I prefer Keith Richards the way he is rather than uh, looking 30 years or 20 years younger. But every single wrinkle is uh, is completely not a gone from his face. So that's going to be, I mean, that's going to be incredible when it's released into the marketplace and people can actually reverse your skin age, and get rid of all of those. And apparently, it's not just temporary. You, they rejuvenate uh, the biological cells themselves by 30 years younger. And isn't it very true that uh, if you didn't see the word vegan on a menu uh, or in a shop or something, and you like meat, you probably would be more interested in buying the product. I know it is the case with me. Um, anytime I eat vegetarian food or vegan food, I actually quite like it. But I never actively search it out because of the word vegan. I don't know. It's, it's, there may be some blockage in my brain about the word vegan. But I'm not alone. Apparently more than half of us would eat more plant-based food if they came up with another word uh, to vegan. So what would you call it? Text 0868104106. And pennies are moving slowly but surely closer and closer to online shopping. Imagine that pennies... Um, customers wouldn't necessarily like 
um, the only option to be online. I think I still love going into pennies. I mean, it's like a ritual for many people going into pennies. You go in for socks and you come out with like bags of stuff and you still have change out of a tenner. But apparently you can now browse or soon you'll be able to browse online for pennies. You won't be able to buy, but you will be able to browse. So they're kind of dipping their toe in the water. There's a lot of different sports related stories that I'll come back to throughout the course of the morning. But of course, Lana's story then with regards to the high heels. Um, they are back, lads, as women are out there again now and want to be out there more. But apparently high heels, um, while they may look great, are the most painful part of your body armour, apparently. The most pain. I don't think there's any male equivalent to pain and suffering with something that you wear like there is for women and their high heels. Uh, so maybe all women should just come together, you know? And I mean, they burnt the brand in the 1960s. Maybe it's time to burn the high heels that you got in the wardrobe. You're listening to the number one talk show in Cork, The Neil Prendeville Show. It's the best in Cork. On Red FM. Anyway, text 0868104106 on that. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. And to the phones we go. James, good morning. James. Hello. Can you hear me all right, pal? You have an interesting backstory. How are you doing? Um, I'm not too bad, Neil. You know, um, just a bit frustrated there listening to the radio all week, you know, and about... Um, Social homes and listen, I'm sorry, there's more frustration to come because I have more families who are struggling due on air this morning who have the clock ticking on, um, you know, uh, on being evicted because landlords want the properties back. But what's your own backstory? You've been through the wars, haven't you? Well, well, to be honest, Neil, um, I, I've, been, um, I've been in the homeless system the past um, maybe 10 to 12 years, you know, as I'm suffering from mental health and... Um, you know, uh, suffering from mental health and addiction, you know. and um, But in fairness, you're clean now, aren't you? Oh, yes, yes, I, I, I've been clean. I, I, I've been to treatment, you know. Um, just this this thing as, as, as a whole machine, you know. Um, this, this housing crisis, you know, it just doesn't stop at the city hall. It, it just goes so much further from that, like, you know. Um, like, there's so many people employed helping the homeless that it, it they'll never solve this problem like you know yeah I know um, I know, I know. This, this problem should be tre- treaded with an epidemic you know what I mean now you, you're in you're in a relationship aren't you and you have two small children as well that you're rearing correct yes um, um, I have two children I, well I have three from a previous relationship but um and two, I, I'm living with my um, parents, current parent. My yeah, I got um, you. I got you. But I, I got still you. see my kids from my previous. I'm delighted. Okay, well, well, that's good. And you and you're getting all of those opportunities again because you went into treatment, you got clean. Did you go through? Uh, did you go into rehab for a period of time? I did, Neil. I did. I had to go. Um, I had to go to Dublin. You know, I couldn't okay. get well in Cork. Um, was it drink? Just, was it was it drink? Was it drugs? Drink, uh, drink and. Um, other things, you know, um, as I said, Neil, I have children, you know, so yeah. um, it was drink and other things, you know. Um, but, um, yeah, I went into treatment in 2015, you know, um, after a horrendous uh, 2014, 2013 and 14 of, um, first I was living in a nun's home out in Blarney, you in know. In a what? Um, Where were you living, you say, James? The nuns have... Um, they 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 taking people, you know. The yeah. nuns don't learn. Were two thousand and thirteen uh, and fourteen your toughest years? Were they? Yes, yes, by far, Neil. Um, well, like yes, yes. The, from two thousand and ten onwards, you know, I lost my mother in two thousand and eight, and um, my relationship broke down after my mother passed away. You know, and 
my, my, I just got so, so self-obsessed. Oh, you know, I know, and, I know. And did you end up homeless so, for a period? I did, yes. I ended up homeless and um, I ended up being... Um, I was in the St. Vincent's hostels. I was in um, the Simon community. Were you on the um, streets then by day and in the Simon by night? On the streets, yes. I was on the streets as well, yes. Was that through yes. all of the different seasons, like the bad winters and everything? Well, well, well. I was fortunate enough that I got into treatment. Um, I was homeless that summer. Um, of in terms of not having anywhere to go, having burnt out my bridges. Um, so I kind of stayed out in the summer, but it was still that cold at night time, you know. Um, well, I went into so you would have had the, you would have had the duvets and the blankets and the food. Um, the the food. The food tables that be set up on Patrick Street and would have yeah. you to feed you yeah. and give you clean clothes and socks and jocks and stuff. Hundred percent. Well, I'm, I'm delighted to have an opportunity. To, I'm delighted to have an opportunity. They were great, but I'm delighted to have an opportunity to talk to you, having gone through that, and now clean and, and sober and trying to get on with your life. It's it's just it's well, just well, to know me like um, to be honest with you, um, I feel like I'm after going um, whole three hundred sixty no sixty degrees. You know, um, as I said, like I I I suffered with addiction. You know, I've been involved with the homeless services. I went to treatment. Um, I done transitional housing in Dublin for three for six months when I came out of treatment. Where did you get the strength to stop? Neil, I, I, do you know what? No, I'll be honest with you. Um, I joked when I used to go into treatment that I was only here for a bed. But the more treatment I've done on myself, the more realisation I came to that I really had a big problem, like, you know. And um, I had to deal with it, like, you know what I mean? I had to, I had to deal with it head on, you know. Um, Big problem though coming out of treatment is uh, not being tempted back to your old ways. How'd you handle that? Well, this is it. Like you know, I don't, I don't. Um, when I came out of transition and how was it? Uh, when I came out of treatment, I done transition and how was Dublin for another six months to put my relapse and prevention in place for when I did come back to Cork. You know. And when you, yeah, because um, if you'd gone straight back to Cork, you might have gone back to your old ways. Started hanging exactly. out with buddies from. You know, from from the bad past, if you like, yeah, 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 exactly. You know, and and, and Neil, I never blamed no for my addiction only myself. You know, it was that it was that people I was hanging around with was my problem. You know, um, you know, it was um, I just had to let all those people go. You know, I lost people I loved. You know, um, I found people I loved. You know, um, yeah, yeah. Did you make a, no, Did you I, ma- and made amends to people you hurt, and that, that's all part of the process, isn't it? I've made amends to the people that I've, like to say, I make amends to a point where I hurt you or others, you know. I've made amends to the people that I think that, that I need to make amends yeah, to, like, you know. Yeah, fair play, fair play. And it's um, with um, making amends, you know, this word, sorry, was a word to me, you know. Um, it was, I used to self-harm, you know, and that was my way of saying sorry, Um I never knew there was um, a recovery because I was 25. I never knew there was an AA, an AA room or an NA room until I was 25. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Have I you, just thought that this, this is people's lives, you know, this is what we You do. thought it was always going to be like this and it would ultimately kill yeah. you, is it? Or did you even think that yeah. far? Yes. Yeah. Yes, no, normally, like, any time I just wanted to just go to sleep and not wake up, you know? You know, I'd be sure, um, listen, listen, who, I'd be the same as you if I was homeless, living on the streets, yeah. so completely all alone and all I had were, you know, a few bob and spending it on drink and drugs and not caring about anything or anyone. 
Sure, eventually yeah. you'd think, nah, man, this isn't for me anymore. I'm delighted for you. Have you got somewhere to live? I have, yes, that's when I came back to Cork. Just move around a bit, would you, James? It's just oh, sorry, been on sorry. the um, side, When I came back to Cork, um, I done six months transitional housing with the streaming community. Now, uh, how ironic that was, was um, I was actually torn out of the same house a year prior of because of my using. Gotcha. And when I came back a year later, clean to arrive in that house, same, very same house was surreal, you know. Different man, yeah, yeah, different yeah, man, different yeah, prospects, different mind, you different know, a different, yeah, a different uh, mentality. Are you, are you working life. now, James? No, unfortunately, I, I am disabled, you know, and um, I suffered with my back um, last seven years, you know, uh, I pulled my back there and I'm not in the position to work, you know, my partner does a bit of part-time work. So you how know, do you, like, do you have rent to pay, or, like, do you have to... Yes, yes. Have you had... Um, I live in the house I'm living in now at the moment, but there's a three-bedroom, you know, um, I fought very hard for this. Um, when I came back to Cork from treatment, uh, the house that I was living in was belonged to the assignment community, um, and you had to be over 18 if you wanted to come there, so... One really good for me and my children. You know, I couldn't bring my children out there. Yeah. So um, I got involved with Focus Ireland, and Focus Ireland got me the place I'm at now today, you know. And I've been here the past five years and found myself a beautiful um, partner. She's known my fiance, you know. Like, we have two beautiful children. And, and it can be done, on, like, uh, it just, it can be done, you know, it really can, you're proof that it can be uh, done. Uh, but, yeah. but uh, are you okay? I mean, we, we, is there a problem with no, the rent? Are you struggling? Is that, like, the fact, no, I've gone through of the whole, the, like, um, of, of putting in all that work, you know what I mean, and come back to Cork, and now I have to go on full 360 degrees, um, I'm facing homelessness, um, my partner and my, me and my children are going to be thrown out on the streets because the rent is after falling to a point where we can't afford it, you know. What's um, your rent? My rent, um, is, at the moment, it's 1200 Right, and what's it going to go up to? Sixteen. How can that 16. happen, though? The, the, you, you just can't go from 1200 to 1600 for a sitting tenant. Well, I have a dispute in with our landlord, so I don't know if I can really talk about All it. All right, well, you know. that sounds okay. Well, you should have a dispute in about it. And this, like, do you have to pay much of that yourself? Yeah, no, um, they have, have to, what are, what are our limits? No, they have, have, they have been supportive, you know, but the have will, will not, the City Hall will not pay out any more to us, you know, and I just don't have the money. I just do not have the money, you know, and... We're trying to make ends meet, you know. Um, I'm on one hundred and seven to the pile dropping hampers. On the other hand, we're paying out six hundred rent, you know. So you're paying the six hundred. The hap is paying the rest, and it means that you have to get food from Vincent de Paul. Yeah, yes, yes, and coal and, and coal. You know, I can yeah. turn on my heat, and you know what I mean. And you Can't know, pay it's the bills, very yeah. hard. You know, it's very hard after after being where I was, and I thought all these worries of being homeless I just had like all I wanted all my life was a bit of security that's all I wanted you know I never wanted to and I never wanted a fancy car I never wanted to you know, I just wanted to somewhere I could have a roof over my head and my children could yeah, be you realise that that's yeah. what's important you see having been through 10 years of hell 
exactly, Neil, you know, and to go through that 10 years ahead, you know, to to then just to come back around and to be told that if I, if I do end up homeless, that, like, I don't even know if I to have room in the hostels, but even having to go back to the hostels, Neil, and Neil, I've been through them hostels, I know where, like, like if you're trying to stay clean and you're they're going, not the place to it's be not a, it's not a place it's no not it's not place. no it's not it's it not. isn't snow I mean I've heard that over the years absolutely um, and you know what you, you certainly don't want to be going back to homelessness where you're back in St Vincent's or in Simon and your partner and the kids are in Edel House ten and a half years on the housing list and you know, I, I, I had the time you know and my dad passed away at El, uh, not so long ago and we and in I thought it was to get a house, you know, that's how excited I was. Um, my partner said to blow off the meat because my dad was only after dying, he was his removal the same day. I was like, no, this will show him how much I won't need a house that I'm willing to come on the day of my dad's removal to a meeting with the City Hall. And the City Hall uh, said, had I any convictions? So I told them that in the last five years, I know for a 100% I have not been in trouble, which is that what they asked me. Right. But in 2014, I got in trouble. I'm being known to him before. I went to treatment in 2014, and I went to treatment, and I didn't come back to Cork until two years later, two years after the fact. So in 2016, I got charged with um, kicking a camera, and... Um, uh, I, I kicked the mirror and uh, they came back and said that uh, when they looked at it, it looked like it was five years ago it happened, but it was five years ago I was convicted. Yeah, it. yeah. Well, well, it was a conviction I within the last... It was a conviction within the five-year period, you see. And I know, but do they say that if you have a conviction within five years, you are off the list, is it? No, they took a year off my time, Neil. Okay. They and tell, and tell me, why did you kick the mirror? Were you, were you out of it? I was old, I was Neil, like, um, I was just out of it, you know, when the paddy wagon came, most people run away from the guards, I ran up and tried to put my head through the windscreen of the paddy wagon. You, you were know? totally out of it, yeah, okay. You know, like... Yeah. Seems like a high price to pay for, I mean, for kicking, for kicking him. You know what I mean? Yeah, that wasn't the real you. That wasn't me at all. No, 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 I'm quiet, Neil, do you know what I mean? I'm quiet and I keep myself to myself, do you know, I have my kids and my, my parents on that's it, Neil. Do you know what I mean? There's not nobody like you know. I've I've all I've all people in uh, uh, each side of my house. They have no issues with me. I know, yeah, I know. What about what about family? Can they help you? Is your your dad passed away? Has your mum alive? My dad passed away. My mum's passed away. You know, yeah. um, my family are um, not in a position to help me. You know, they have their own um, stuff to do. Yeah, they yeah. have their own stuff going on as well. Like you know, so um, I don't have a family and. My partner, my partner's family have, like I can't encroach on her family. I know, know, I got you. Listen, every day I have different stories. None of the two of them are the same, but they all involve hopelessness when it comes to housing, rent, um, you know, family struggling, anxiety, worry, where are we going to live? Rent's gone up, landlord wants to house back, there's nowhere to go. City council say you have to be, it could be 10 to 14 years on a housing list before you ever get a look in. Um, it's fairly demoralising times, you know. Sure, Neil. When I when I when I put my partner on my my rent book in this house because I wanted to go legit. I'm not the hide, like you know. And um, 
I said to my partner, wait outside the half off, half off, snow it went first. So I went into the man and I said, I'm here about a house. And he said, uh, how many years on the housing list? And I said, nine and a half. This was last year. I said, nine and a half years. And he laughed at me. He says, you won't be getting a house till you're about 16, 17 years on the list. He said, well, he shouldn't sure. be, well, he shouldn't be laughing because that's, that's not funny. It's not a funny thing. Yeah, so. but I, 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 he said, you're to me. He says, you're standing in front of me, a man with no children because your kids are housed. But then I told my parents to come in the door and... Um, she brought in her two, ki- her two kids and he, he, it was only then he opened up his book. It was like before that, right. it was before that he had his folded clothes when I was in there. It was only when I invited my partner and my children in and the kids in that he opened up his book. Well, I suppose, they, I suppose they have to prioritise somebody in some way, shape or form and it's probably a good thing that they do prioritise people who have children, you know, no disrespect to singles, but... There has to be what some mean, kind of priority. But you, I, I have a text here from somebody who's 19... They're not kids, they're not props that you pick up and kids for your kids, do you know what I mean? Yeah. They should look at the parent. It's the parent that are minding the children, you know? It's it's the person, you know? They should look at it. They, no one should be ahead of anyone, you know what I mean? Um, I don't have the right answer, you know? Um, but, like... You know, um, everyone everyone needs a place to stay. Like, when this when 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 this disease hit, they shut down the country, but they treated it as an epidemic. They found places for people, or places for people. Like, this should be treated as an epidemic. We're inviting people in from other countries and telling them they can stay in 10. This is absolutely crazy. Mm, mm. This is crazy, Neil. And it's to be politically correct, where... Yes, we can bring it to our country, but we have nowhere to... Like, like, I got thrown, I got thrown out of a house years ago. I got thrown out of the nuns because I was drinking out the nuns because other people are drinking. You were drinking in rehab? Full, if our country is too full, we shouldn't be letting more people in until we have our own sort of need. And look this is not being racist. It's not like... Like, like I, I've been, as I said, 10 years before this rush, at this... Uh, Ukraine, yeah. Conflict, like, you know, um, it's been going on since then. Okay. And not about it. We've been taking immigrants in year after year after year after year. It's, it, it's well, you're entitled to have an opinion because, you, you know, you're entitled to have an opinion much more so than the likes of me. I have a home. You have an, you're entitled to that opinion because you don't. Have you been... I, I'm going to have to move on, James, but have you spoken to Threshold? Yes, I've spoken to Threshold. I've been in a vibe of Focus Ireland. Um, I've been at Donegal Leary, Thomas Gould. Um, I'm going back to start with Brian and O'Brien when he's in the office. I've been in the right level. Yeah, okay. okay. Like, that's like Jonathan is out of office years. You know, um, like this is how long I've been writing them letters. Okay, one, th- one thing is very important, you know, one thing is very important. Stay on your path to recovery. Stay, uh, stay sober, yeah? 100%. All right, bye. Okay, look after yourself. Text 0868104106 after the break. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Text and WhatsApp 0868104106. Gork's Red FM. Dead right, Dave. He says by text, HAP rates have not been increased in six years, while all the while rents continue to soar every year. Where's the logic there? Half of us will end up back homeless. It says he, uh, six years of no increases in HAP. 
You wouldn't say the same about rent. They certainly have increased significantly in, in six years. And, of course, that's creating an even more perfect storm. You know um, the uh, story from the bonds where somebody who had been working there for over 20 years was released from her job and was in court. Now, sentencing for the theft from patients was adjourned until June there waiting on a probation report to be prepared. But uh, the woman before the court, uh, Claire Murphy um, from Kildare, uh, went into different uh, rooms of patients and uh, she pleaded guilty to four counts of theft of cash in the bonds from the rooms of patients, uh, 50 euro, 50 euro, 200 euro and uh, 700 euro from one patient age 90 from his trouser pocket. Um, I got a text from one of those that was uh, was actually robbed in the bonds. He says, um, or she, it's unsigned, so I don't know. Uh, I booked into the bonds and after a few days went to buy papers. I searched my bag where I had left my money and it was gone. I called a nurse on that day. It was very embarrassing because she made me feel that it wasn't there or that I took it. They said, how dare you say somebody in the hospital stole from you? Nobody here took it. Uh, They sent a team of housekeepers in the following day to tear my room apart to see if they could find the money. They then called the guardian. And on the Monday, uh, they interviewed me and other alleged victims at the time. So they set up a sting, but they never told me of their plan. They installed cameras in my room and put a staff member into the bed. The thief was caught, but they had their suspicions because they uh, checked all cameras while patients were out getting x-rays. When the patients left, the thief would pop in and rob the patients. Um, I, I tell you how much was stolen from me, but don't call it out because I will be identified if you do. So it was a substantial amount of money. Um, so a fictitious patient, a staff member, um, apparently the facilities manager, um, booked uh, a room in the hospital using a fictitious name and put those cameras in in that chap's room uh, and then left money around the room and the uh, member staff came in and robbed a substantial amount of it. Uh, text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. It's a free food Friday as well today, lads. Your opportunity to scoop food for 15 of you. And Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool will do just that. Feed 15 of you. I'll go through all of the food after 10, but you should be texting who you are and where you are to 0868104106. And we'll start those shout-outs after 10. Yesterday, uh, Kevin went to visit David Jones at home just outside Cullen uh, in North Cork. He's a 66-year-old man. He's got an incredible backstory. He's beaten cancer. He's had a heart attack. He suffers from pulmonary fibrosis of the lungs, which is serious scarring. He has COPD. He has emphysema. He's on constant oxygen. He's got the tank and he's got the mask and everything. And he lives in an absolute kip. It's not a kip of his moat making, incidentally. But the house is, Kevin tells me, the worst he's seen in a long time. David, good morning. Good morning. If you struggle now chatting with me, please let me know, will you? I would, of course. I have my oxygen on my face. Is that on your face all of the time or just when you struggle? Uh, I'd put it to 99.9% of the time. You have the mask on and you're breathing the oxygen from the tank. Well, I have two different types of masks. I have uh, nose pegs, which go up your nose, which allow you to eat and talk to people so they can understand you. And then you have the full face mask. Is uh, like in the video that you saw with Kevin yeah. yesterday. Yeah, he did a tour of your house and thank you for allowing him because uh, no everybody, sh- everybody should be proud. Fair play. Everybody should be proud of their home, but... 
sadly you wouldn't be able to say that what would happen if you didn't have the oxygen what would life be like uh, I'll put it to you this way Neil can you imagine a pair of hands around your throat and you're trying to breathe and move and whatever you have no quality of life whatsoever um, basically I have a couple of friends who I depend on wholeheartedly and uh, without them I can safely say I will be totally totally lost can you get a, I mean I'll come back to the house in a minute and the shocking mould and the dampness and the collapsing ceilings and the atrocious state of the walls that look as if as if there's a river running down them but can you ever can you go out and about like uh, it's like this Neil um I have to carry uh, CDs. They're a long cylinder, and uh, the the, um, the mask is attached to it, and it's graded by what the amount of oxygen that I need to breathe to be able to do stuff. Now, uh, when I'm driving in my car, which I can do, uh, the thing is that I have my oxygen on me, uh, it can either be the full mask or the nose pegs. Okay, so for a lot of people who go out and about for a walk or into their car, the one thing they have to remember is to get the car keys and to make sure they have their phone with them. But for you, it's to make sure you have enough oxygen, isn't it? Yes. And you're, um, well, no, you're only 66, like, but you're going around like yeah. a 100-year-old. Well, exactly that, Neil. Um, I've just been given um, liquid oxygen from uh, BOC, because it has been prescribed by CH that uh, they feel that I need it. Do you ever think that your situation health-wise is also being exacerbated and made worse by that shocking mould on the walls and the floor and the ceiling and the unbelievable dampness that you're living in? I'll put it to this way now, in the words of uh, Dr. Henry in CUH, he maintains the house is literally killing me with mold, dampness, cold. Uh, Can you afford to turn your heat on? Do you mind me asking, David? Um, well, I had to put central heating in myself, basically. Well, that would come but, off uh, the rent, wouldn't it? Uh, no. You're renting privately, though? Yeah. So any any improvements that you do to the house either have to be repaid to you or should come off the rent? Yes, but uh, as regards the central heating, the oil central heating, I received no payment whatsoever from the landlord and he paid for the, um, the, the physical work, as we'll say. But I had to get an oil tank, oil naturally, where the oil is concerned, but um, as regards the burner and uh, pump and you paid for all of that, did you? Yeah. How much did all that set you back? Well, it was my buddy that actually gave it to me. And uh, it was 125 is all he charged me. Ah, well, okay. Well, that's not too bad. You're good you friends who jumped in and helped you out. Oh. Can I ask you about the COPD and emphysema? Was that because of the fags or what? Um, I started an apprenticeship very young uh, with my father, God rest him. And it was a joinery apprenticeship. Now, we worked with teak most of the time. And that's an oil-based timber. Right. And it floats like, you know, 
Sorry, Neil. No, I'm hearing it. Were you were you breathing fumes? Is that what you're telling me? Uh, we were breathing dust, and there was no extractors, or there was no masks or nothing. God. At the time. But anyway, um, I went on to become a trucker and a coach driver. And uh, the thing is, I was smoking 40 plus a day while I was driving. God almighty. In the trucks. Come away. But uh, then... Um, 40 a day for a long time? Um, oh, God, yeah. That's about, what, 15, 15 years? Right. Okay. But um, the thing was that... Um, That's like chain smoking, isn't it? It is basically, because basically, to be honest with you, when you're driving a truck, uh, all you're doing is holding on to the wheel. And that's the only about the taking in observations and all of that kind of I know, I know. Thing, what, do you, you know? What, do you, what, what goes through your mind now when you see a young person smoking? Uh, what goes through my mind is I'd love to catch him and shake him and tell him to get off him. Yeah, you never I have, no? No, I, oh, I've said it to people. Believe you me, I've said it to people and I've said, look at what I'm suffering because of the smoke. Look at me with the mask and toting around the barrel of oxygen. Yeah. 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 And uh, the thing is that um, if people realised what is ahead of them, where smoking is concerned, I think they would think twice. I know what you're yeah. saying. But it's just, they say it's the hardest thing to kick, you know. Well, I'll tell you a good one now. I got a heart attack in 2010. In, in the afternoon, I was driving a truck, and uh, you might find this hard to believe, but I kicked the cigarettes after smoking half a cigarette, having a heart attack, and I did call Turkey, and the cardiac nurse uh, nearly had a heart attack herself when she found out that I was after doing call Turkey. Yeah, but you got a fight, you see. You got a serious fight of the heart attack. But sure, the damage oh, was done yeah. then to the lungs and yeah. the COPD set in and the emphysema. That was all the fags. Yeah, and the, the emphysema, the COPD, uh, all of those have only set in in the uh, last couple of years. And you think that's related to the damp and the mold and the spores it from the mold getting into you? Dr. Henry. And the doctor, okay. Yeah, yeah, so they're saying that it's killing you. Yeah. And have they written to council to say that you need to be prioritised with a dry, damn free, decent place to live? Yes. I um, I showed Kevin the actual uh, letter that Dr. Henry had, uh, okay. yeah. had uh, written out. Uh, and does the, landlord, does the landlord who's overseas, I believe, does the landlord know the state of the house you're in? Um, I've... I've um, I've spoken to him on the phone. I've sent him emails. Um, uh, he had family members coming back here doing repairs. And uh, they uh, they started giving him stories. You need a, you need a lung transplant. Do, 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 do you? I do, yeah. But the thing is that... They won't give you the lung transplant because of the conditions you're living in, apparently. Exactly. So, uh, whether I like it or not, if I want to have a bit of life left in me... A bit I of life, yeah. yeah. I, I have to get out of this house, no other choice, and the council, I'm on the list, 19 years. 19 years, man. 
And your and your letter from the CUH says to and the, and this is a letter for Cork County Council. It says your underlying living conditions that you live in on your own in your isolated cottage um, are is so appalling. And this is a quote with damp and mold that it's affecting your health and. Um, a large part of your suffering, and I'm just paraphrasing here, and your illness is being precipitated by your living conditions that you're enduring. I mean, you, you literally, you wouldn't house, you wouldn't house stray dogs where you're living. Well, it's like this. I was made homeless, Neil, as Kevin knows, and uh, I didn't get much of a choice, I'll be honest with you. And at the time, my health was a little bit better. Now it's getting and, it's getting uh, rapidly worse now. Yeah, rapidly going downhill. Like and you want, and your chances of getting a transplant, the CUH are saying, oh. are are approaching zero if you don't yeah. get out of the place you live now. Yes. Uh, what are the council I, saying? Council saying to me, uh, and I have it in writing, and they're saying to the social worker who's involved. Uh, that they have no house for me and that uh, they can't do anything for me. It's as simple as that. It's the worst no. I've seen. I mean, it is, they are right. It is appalling. What you the damp, mean? The mold, it's, it's as simple the water. as this. What can I do when I'm getting in the region of 700 euros a month allowance from HEP to pay for a house. And are you topping that up then? Oh, yeah. How much? I, uh, There's holes uh, in your ceiling, like. It's like... It's, it's so, like I said, Neil, what can I do? I'm on CBL. But that ceiling's going to fall... Those walls are going to fall down on your head in bed. I have no choice, Neil. You're gonna, uh, you're gonna get electrocuted. There's, there's wiring and cabling surrounded by water and dampness and wet walls. I'd put it to you this way, Neil. It's an expression now that I don't want anyone to be offended by. Uh, the council, to me, are as useful as tits on a bull. Do you mind? Can we share some of these photographs of the interior of your house? You can I think, do I think we, what you wish. I think we probably we've shared those on Facebook, haven't we already? Yeah, they're yeah, they're well. appalling. Um, hang hang in there, David. Back after ten. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from four for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features, and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from four. Dave Max Drive. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. So I just want to finish my conversation with uh, David Jones, who uh, beat cancer, uh, beat a heart attack, has scarring of the lungs, lives with uh, COPD, emphysema on constant oxygen, and living in an absolute, no disrespect to him, because it's not of his making, an absolute kip. I think, David, that's a very old cottage, right? Uh, it was actually added on to Neil. Um, I'd be thinking that uh, it was a two-bedroom upstairs 
at the time. Yeah, but I'm just thinking that originally it would have been very old and the fo- the foundations probably weren't the great when those cottages were built and the insulation on the walls would have been minimal to none, you know, as opposed to what a house would be like now. Yeah, I mean, it's walls are Okay, but your your quality of life is zero, like, that's, like, you have no... Yeah. Because uh, uh, I totally, it would have changed Sorry, pal. It's not a great. It's not a great phone line. Do you do you mind if we send on the video and the photographs to the council just to wake them up and let them know? In the least, Neil. All right. Okay. Can okay. you hear me any bit better? It's not. It's not the greatest phone line, but I just wanted to know if we could just send on what we have and the video footage and the the photographs. We share them on Facebook and Twitter, but just to show them what they're allowing you to live in, because you are um, you're very vulnerable with all of the conditions that you're suffering from. You know. Oh, I agree with you, there, Neil. Um, yeah. Does it get does it does it get you down mentally? It does. Uh, I actually do break down at times in tears because of um, the only thing I have left in my life right now. Uh, first of all, is trying to breathe, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And Imagine that. secondly, is to try and do a bit of fishing with my friends and that is all I can basically do the simple um, pleasure of throwing casting a rod yeah yeah. well mostly sea fishing now because I, I, can't, I can't go to the river yeah. and uh, trying to do shopping and you know simple things people take for granted every day of the week so I know I know it is, can be torture for me what if what if you stop paying rent <laughs> what if I stop paying rent uh, considering the conditions you're living in well, look at it like this, Neil. Um, I'd have visitors. Okay, we'll say no more about that. But like, would the council, would the council not, as your landlord, have an interest in this, considering they're paying a hap payment to this place? Uh, the council, as far as I can see, Neil, has no interest whatsoever okay. with the fact that I'm on the council list 19 years. Yeah, yeah. And I'll yeah. get... Yeah. All I get in return from the council is, oh, we've no houses, we've nothing to give you. Yet, uh, a, a health professional yesterday informed me uh, that there are supposedly uh, clued houses in no market. Now, this is what the lady told me. And uh, the only help that I will get where uh, my health is concerned is from the uh, hospital and my GPs, there is no backup service. But aren't the hospital pretty much saying it's pointless giving you a lung transplant living where you are? Yeah. yeah. That is yeah, exactly like you, couldn't give, you could never go back there because you get infections. It would be very, very oh. weak. Uh, it's like this, Neil. I came out of hospital one evening. I'm sorry, one afternoon at about uh, four o'clock. I ended up inside in CUH again that evening, that night, sorry, at half past ten. Why? Because I had an infection again. No, it's shocking. It really and truly is. It hit me so fast. No, unfortunately, they can only do so much. And I'm grateful. Big time, I can't stress how grateful I like am. You'll always be on oxygen. You'll always be thinking about breathing, won't you? Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's your lot now, isn't it? 
It is. So Fanny uh, here says, uh, I'm, I'm 36 years old and I've been off the fags for 10 years now. I smoked 20 a day and if I went out of a night, I smoked 40. It was the toughest habit to kick, but I've never looked back. The absolute best thing yep. I've ever done. Uh, yep. You know, for, for you, it was too late. I can't emphasize enough how people need to open their eyes and ears to understand how bad the cigarettes are for them. I know, yeah, I know, I know. Because literally, uh, we say one simple ingredient, i.e., fungi, added to the complications, this is what you can end up with. Well, the mold has fungi and they're toxic. Yeah. And that's that's yeah. slowly but surely killing you. Listen, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna plow away for, I plow ahead for now, right? But I'm gonna share yeah. all of the information that I have and the photographs and the video with the county council and see um, what they have to say on the matter. They should be ashamed when they see what I'm gonna send them, but we'll see what they say back will to I, me. Will I answer the question for you, Neil, before you even go well, to we're gonna try anyway. Answer it if you want. Uh, we don't comment on individual cases. No, they mightn't comment, but they may in the background um, buck up and do uh, something about it, you know? Don't hold your breath, Neil. I'll be back to you, David, all right? No problem, Neil. Cheers, and look after yourself. Not at all. All right, all the best. Text 0868104106. And people are, with regards to James, who beat addictions, turned his life around with the help of rehab. God bless James. People look at others with addictions, such as drunk, drink and drugs, and think, what a waste. But this guy... Had it rough losing his mam and his relationship. Must have been a lot of suffering, but I'm glad he's back on track. Uh, I'm in the same situation with housing and homelessness as the rest of your listeners who contact you. I was given notice of termination in October of last year, and my end date is the 13th of April. Uh, Only four days from today, I'll be homeless with two children, age four and two. I've been on the list for four years, getting no luck with the council whatsoever. I'm working and renting for years. And to think now, because of the housing crisis, I have no hope of being housed any time soon. That fella, James, says no one should be prioritized for a home. And then he says people fleeing from a vicious and brutal war in the Ukraine shouldn't be housed. He said his first marriage broke down because he was self-obsessed after his mother died. Seems like not a lot has changed. Tell him to open his mind Tell him to open his heart and go and fight for his family instead of whinging. Upwards and onwards. Tough love is needed here, says Bernie on the north side. Uh, Well, that's a tough text. It's a disgrace. I'm in a council property in North Cork. The local authority put my rent up by 12 euro. No justification. There was no review. Our circumstances haven't changed. The children haven't reached 18. It's a joke. I rang the council and they said it is what it is. Now, I mean... I don't know your circumstances, but, uh, and it's, it's, okay, you're going to have to find the 12 euro somewhere. But to be honest with you, on the scale of stories that I'm getting from people, I hope you find the 12 euro because there are people literally looking for somewhere to live. I'm listening to that man on the radio this morning. My heart goes out to him. It genuinely does. But I'm a married mother with two kids. I've worked all my life since I was 16. I have a son with autism, work full time. My husband works part time and is carer for our son the rest of the time. Our mortgage is 1300 a month. I'm a working class. Uh, I'm the working class element of society who has a home but works hard to have it over my head. I live week to week, don't have a flamboyant lifestyle by any stretch of the imagination. But where is the help for us? Zero. You know, to be honest, I'm sick to death of people ringing in explaining how hard their lives are and that they can't get the HAP scheme or they're struggling financially and they're stressed and worried and anxious. I'm stressed, worried and anxious. I get out of bed every morning, you know, and I work very hard. 
I struggle to pay all my own bills, but I do it. We work so hard to literally pay our bills and live or survive. It's really frustrating some people out there are happy to lean and stretch the system to bleed it dry. Give out, don't give out my details for fear of the backlash, but the point of that text is that she says too many people are just looking for everything for nothing and won't get off their ass and help themselves. Text 0868104106. For Ireland's best selection of used cars, call to Finbar Galvin Bandon, proud patrolling partners of Cork's Red FM. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106. Cork's Red FM. It's Friday, guys, so that makes it a free food. Friday, courtesy of ourselves and Roosters, Perry, Perry, Douglas and Blackpool. So text who you are and where you are. Do it now for your chance to win food for up to 15 of you. Probably more than 15 because Roosters, Perry, Perry don't hold back. So you'll get chicken wings, chicken skewers, beef skewers. You'll get all of the main events including chicken wraps, chicken pittas and beef burgers. You'll get the Perry, Perry sauce, the Perry salted fries, the rice, the waffle fries. They'll throw in the Perry mayo, the garlic Perry mayo, the Perry, Perry sauce. And you can also build your own cheesecake for dessert. So it'll feed at least 15 of you. You can order yourselves online, roostersperiperi.com or call into Douglas and Blackpool. So we'll start the shout-outs now. Morning to Katie and everybody at Laurent National School in Bandon. 18 staff, they'll be well-fed down there. To everybody at Impact Ireland Metals in Glanmire, a yummy treat for a Friday. Marek Prompto in Watergrass Hill. For all the truck drivers and the office staff and the warehouse staff. To the Puffin Ward, morning to you all in the CUH. Uh, and Blockwall Developments in Ballanglana. Uh, also, Dennehy's Health and Fitness on Penrose Dock. A lovely morning for Marion McCarthy, who's at home with her kids and cousins. They'd love... Uh, some food to the lads at the Steel Yard in Irish International Trading on the Tremor Road. To Bark Park in Ballinahina. They're doing a great job looking after the beautiful dogs there. Great bunch of girls and boys and uh, the dogs love them. Um, that's from a, great, a grateful woman whose dog is obviously there with them. Verde Engineering, sorry, Verde Energy in Little Island. Morning to everybody at the bookstation in Douglas, Rock Credit Union in um, Bandon Road and also in Toker, the Lock Credit Union, AP Vaughan Recycling, AA Archer Carpet Cleaning in Middleton. Uh, keep those texts coming. We'll do some more shout-outs in about a half an hour's time. So text who you are and where you are to 86 8104106. Meanwhile, Marie down in Sunny Clon says, My blood's boiling listening to James. Uh, the uh, first call from earlier this morning who beat addictions and homelessness. My blood's boiling listening to James and so many more like him on your show. Our own people are left homeless and I'm not against people from other countries, but we should help our own first. It's gone so bad now, there's nowhere to rent and no one can buy the houses because of the prices. With the Ukraine's coming, there's no hope for our own people. It's just so depressing uh, for people now. I've certainly never seen anything like it. In the name of God, look at the money Tony Hulhan is getting. How are people expected to live with everything going up? Rent should be stopped and brought back down to about 800 euro max. And the government has to go, says Marie from a sunny clan. Keep those texts coming. And there's many of them which I'll come back to. Just to remind you, actually, Mio Martin says that the move from Tony, move, Tony Hulhan moving from the Department of Health to Trinity needs to be paused. He wants an investigation. He wants to know who signed off on it. He wants to see the logic behind it. He says it must be paused. Houlihan moves to Trinity on €187,000 paid by the taxpayer 
and somebody else gets hired then to do his job within the HSE for another €187,000. Listening to your man on the show right now is making me mad. He's not telling you that he has no money because he's smoking weed every week and many of them like it. Uh, well, I don't know anything about any of the backstory to their life. I mean, they are in the situation they find themselves in. Uh, I had a good feeling and support for James and his situation uh, until he started talking about foreigners, the Ukrainians coming into the country. The Ukrainians didn't lose their homes uh, because of drink or drugs or antisocial behavior, you know. The Ukrainians didn't cause this in their own lives. The Russians did. I'm glad James is now on the straight and narrow. Credit to people who take responsibility for their lives and change for the better. Uh, but, I, but, but believe me, I have nothing but respect for this man with his recovery. But I have to, I have to ask, as he cannot work apparently, and I can only assume his partner is not working either, why have further children when you're not in a position to support them. Mm, yeah, his partner is working, incidentally. Hap rates haven't been increased in six years. Meanwhile, rents soar. And a final one. Um, but Okay, that's the same text in twice. Appreciate that. On COPD, uh, it's the people that are in hotels... Sorry, um, on homelessness. It's the people that are in hotels and B&Bs are prioritised on the housing list. I was told... I was told it from the horse's mouth. It doesn't matter how long you're on the list... It will make no matter. You need to be in a hotel or a B&B first before you move on to the next stage of housing. Uh, I got a call on that after the break, actually, which is just that. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818-104-106. Red FM. And how are you doing? Hi, how are you, Neil? I'm Grant. I hear you have a, a bit of a crisis on your hands. What's happened? I do. Um so I was on to Cork County Council today yeah. after thinking about it for a very long time and not wanting to do it. Mm-hmm. But I did. I rang them and um, I rang to be assessed for emergency accommodation um, to be told that they don't have any. And they won't have any for a very long time. Okay. Do you need somewhere fairly urgent? <laughs> I'm being a little bit pre-prepared. It is going to be urgent, but I have I have two kids, so I I don't have an exact date yeah, of okay. when I need to be out. But you but need to be, be out soon. of your rental property, like so many other people I'm hearing about, for whatever reason. Yeah, clock yeah, is ticking. Yeah. And is there four of you in the family? There's four, and there's one on the way the end in July. So you're pregnant. Yeah. So that's an extra worry as to where you're going to live. When, when you called the council, what what exactly happened? I mean, how did the conversation go? So they had someone ring me back, a fella, and I told him our situation. And he said, well, as of from today, he said, there's 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 nothing available. I said, uh, what, what am I supposed to do? He said, oh, I don't I can't tell you what you can do. He said, but. There is nowhere available. He said, well, you have 10,000 Ukrainians after coming in. He said, everything is manic. He said, there's no hotels and Airbnbs. They're refusing to take families in there because children make noise. He said, with your family, you definitely won't get anywhere. He said, and um, you've been assessed and there's nowhere you can do. I said, well, when the day comes that I need to go out, I said, am I supposed to go on the street? Like, what will I do? He said, you can ring if you want and be assessed again. He said, but there is nowhere and it's only going to get worse. And when he means assessed, does that mean that you were assessed and that you would, under normal circumstances, be given somewhere to to, to live and to sleep at night? Well, well, that confused me too. You have to be assessed to be homeless, apparently. So, so just ringing them saying you have no 
where accommodation you they have to make sure you're telling the truth yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever yeah. so um but if somebody presented as homeless today, is that what the county council would tell them? That with uh, yeah. with I, th- I think the figure now coming into Ireland is about six hundred Ukrainian refugees per day. That's soon going to rise to nine hundred per day, and a total they're saying of two hundred thousand. Oh my god! Well, no these these are just the stats that I got there. The cabinet yeah. has been warned that. An additional 5,000 additional beds is going to be needed just for Ukrainian refugees alone. Yeah. Yeah. That's, they're fairly shocking numbers, aren't they? Completely. And he gave me the number 10,000 Ukrainians today. That they've just housed 10,000. So I don't know where he's got that figure. Well, that, that, that's probably a national figure. But, but the wording was that with the Ukrainians coming in, um, there's nowhere available now. And hotels and B&Bs, he said, are not taking children. Be- are not taking families because children make noise, were his exact words. We're not taking families with children from the county council, is it? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, sometimes if, if, if uh, I'm assuming they use um, hotels and B&Bs. They with do, the- yeah. Yeah. for emergency accommodation so they're not even available now and the ones that they do have or did have they're full he said every single unit every single thing that they used to use for emergency accommodation he said every single part is full as of from today and that would be all of the hotels and bnbs primarily yeah i mean they have many yes. they have many vacant properties they they wouldn't be suggesting that they give you one of those no no, nothing, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And, he, and, and he said, under normal circumstances, you might be offered somewhere that's a far distance from where you are. He said, where you are, there's nowhere in that area. He said, under normal circumstances, there could be somewhere miles and miles out. And I said, I know. I said, that's the situation we're in. I said, I'm going to have to go to somewhere like that and travel and bring my son to school. And he said, well, schooling, children and schooling isn't a priority at the moment. Schooling children isn't a priority? Yeah. Okay, There's, you know, it seems to be a very matter of fact at the moment. If the, what he's saying, yeah. it's, it's like a perfect storm. Hotels and B&Bs are all full. There's many Ukrainians coming in and there's nowhere to put anybody. So, so where are you supposed to go with your, your children? You're pregnant with a, f- a third baby on the way. What will happen? I don't know. And, and Irish children in schooling, it doesn't, ma- it doesn't matter to him. I don't know. Does he just have Ukraine on the brain or something? But all children deserve to be in school, whether no matter what nationality. Did you get the distinct impression, and I don't wish to put words in your mouth, but did you get the distinct impression that he was more concerned with Ukrainian refugees coming in than you or your family? Well, unless he was withholding accommodation for them, I don't know. But I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Certainly as, unless- a, as a result of, he said, 10,000 refugees being here, they're they're eating into whatever stock would have been available in hotels and B&Bs. Of course. Mind, yeah. you, mind you, Ukrainian refugees are in tents. Did you know that? They're in tents and, and bunk beds in the likes of City West and Green Glens and what have you. Gee, I didn't know that. Yeah. No, I mean, it's no consolation to the problems you find yourself facing, you know. Yeah. But as I say, there's a perfect storm upon us at the moment. Yeah. You know? What will you do? I, I don't know. He said, you'll have to find somewhere with friends and family. I said, I've done that for the past year. I've I, I've looked for one year already. We've been living in a one bedroom in a, 
my mum has a two-bedroom house. We're living all in one room. My four family members are all living in the one room. So that would be your partner, your three kids, and a fourth on the way? Yeah. In the same room? Two two, two kids and one on the way, yeah. How in the name of God did you cope? Quite. We're not... (laughs) Don't stop crying there now a second ago. (laughs) Did you? So, um... I don't know it, and it's and it's just getting to that stage now. And that I don't know, I don't know what to do. I've I've been on to every auctioneer, I've been on to every counselor in the area. Do you worry uh, a lot about it? That the fact that you cry a lot, uh, of of course, and the fact that I had to go to those extremes today to even call emergency accommodation was a huge, huge, huge step in my life I never thought I'd have to do. Myself and my husband, we work like we, I, um, I can't work now at the moment. Um, I can't find childcare. (laughs) There's no childcare. That's a different story. Oh my God. Um, But my husband is working full time. It's not that we're looking for something for free. I'm not, like we've been put on the council list and we have been approved for, um, a housing assistance. Oh no! Listen, payment. many people are earn, many people are earning a wage that should, under normal circumstances or in the days of old, been able to easily provide them with rental accommodation or indeed yeah. a reasonable mortgage. That was the way, but things yeah. have got so expensive now, and you you know the housing list could take many many years. Yeah, yeah. And the problem with childcare, can I ask you, is that because all of the creches are full? They're all full, yeah, until at least 2024, they told me. What's Everywhere going on? Everywhere in my in area, this? there's about five or six, yeah. What's going on in this country, do you think, that everything has fallen apart? I have no idea, but I only moved back a year ago and I feel like I want to run away again. And where were you? I was living over in Thailand. And what was life like there? It was lovely and chill. Once you have once you have work and you have money, everything is very easy going. There's a lot of accommodation. The food is cheap. The schooling is great. Once you have money for your child to go to school, it's wonderful. They've good, very good hospitals, very good doctors. God, it sounds like heaven. Why did you come back? Oh well, we in the midst of COVID, we came back for a funeral, and then with COVID, they went into lockdown after, so we couldn't go back. And then we kind of got stuck here, and then we thought it might be a good idea to be here for a little while. Put the small fell into school, not knowing the childcare problems that were here, not knowing the housing crisis that was here. And sure, after he started school, we didn't want to pull him back out again, and just held on to that little bit of hope that everything would pan out, and we'd find stuff, and we'd settle, and it'd all be fine. It hasn't come together for you, Anne. Um, would you think? Of going back to where everything was fine in Thailand. Of course, yeah. It's a conversation myself and my husband have every every couple of nights. But um, I don't know, you just have to think of the kids and their future. And, um, okay. Because okay. there's obviously things over there as well that are quite limited, you know. Difficult choices ahead for you. Difficult choices. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Listen, um, if I hear of anything or anybody gets in touch, and they do from time to time, I'll be back on to you to see if anybody is in a position to intervene or help, you know? Who knows? Well, that would, that would definitely be a huge help because we're just at that point now. We don't know what else to do, you know? And that, as you say, that was probably one of the most difficult calls you ever had to make to ring yeah. the emergency services, yeah, for accommodation.
Okay, well, listen, stay in touch, will you? And I'll come back to you if I have any updates. Okay, thanks a million, Neil. No, thank you, Anne. Mind yourself. Thanks. Bye. Get it off your chest. Text The Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. That's the second conversation I've had on air now and maybe the last 10 days where people who've been on to either city or county council have been told by council staff that with the uh, Ukrainian refugees coming in, it's impacting on their stock and hotel and B&Bs and homes and things like that. So that's the second time that's been used, even though council denied it when I asked them. So that's another family saying the same thing. Meanwhile, it being Friday, it's a free food Friday. So text who you are and where you are to 086-8104-106. There is a big, big hamper load of food that will be delivered to you, courtesy of ourselves and Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool. So text who you are and where you are to 0868104106. As well as that, more tickets for Riverdance this morning. Your opportunity to go off to Riverdance Live at the Marquee, Friday the 3rd of June. And again, we continue with the aquatic connection, the aquatic theme, if you like. Three songs all to do with water, just like the Riverdance title, if you like. Artists and titles just before midday. In the right order, please. These are the three songs, artists and titles, what I want you to identify for me. All right, those three songs in the right order, please, when I open the phone lines. You know that third one? I see a tweet there this morning from a chap uh, who was saying, uh, let me just dig it up here. I kept a screen grab of it. He was saying, if there was one song in the world, uh, his text, his tweet was, you're allowed to erase just one song from history without having to justify it or explain it yourself. What would you choose? And he gives some options and then people respond saying like um, different tunes. Um, and I can come back to those maybe later this morning, but I think the Weather Girls, It's Raining Men is definitely, I've just told you one of the three songs incidentally, I think that's definitely one of the three songs that I would erase um, from pop history. That or maybe George Harrison's Got My Mind Set On... Yeah, no, it's George Harrison's Got My Mind Set On You, definitely, 100%. I would erase that song from history. But what about you guys? If there was one song, just like Jason says on Twitter, that you could erase from musical history, what would it be? Text 0868104106. One piece of history that can't be erased, of course, is Maradona's jersey. I was telling you about this yesterday. There's a bit of a sting in the tail of this story because Diego Maradona's daughter now has come out and said, the, um, the shirt that's being auctioned is not the shirt that my dad was wearing during, as we hear, as we put it, the hand of God goal moment. Back in 1986, saw England crash out of the World Cup unfairly. The ex-England midfielder, Steve Hodge, is selling... I guess they swapped jerseys back then, and he's selling it, right? And he could get anywhere between four and seven million. But Maradona's daughter, Dalma, his eldest daughter, said that the shirt that's being auctioned <laughs> was only worn in the first half. So he wasn't actually wearing that shirt when he famously punched the ball past uh, Shilton. So, does that make it worthless now, or, or what? Or is she telling the truth? Does she have the shirt from the second half? Oh, listen, um, it's uh, Grand National Weekend, and we've been on to uh, top tipster Jordan Bracken for some tips for the Aintree Grand National. Now, he had an incredible Cheltenham, Jordan, and he gave us eight out of ten winners at Cheltenham. 
You give us 10 tips and eight of them won. That's amazing. So I have tips from him for the Grand National from him. Two horses. And I'll, uh, I'll give those out just before midday if you want to put on a punt. Like some people just do that. The likes of me. Just the Grand National and the Gold Cup and never bother after that. But there's research out this morning saying that Red Rum, the only horse to win the Grand National three times, has topped a poll to find uh, the race's favourite winner of all time. And it comes in as Red Rum. Great horse back in the day. Uh, for all of the business, text 0868104106. This is sad. It's sad. Danielle, good morning. Hi, good morning. Oh, dear. Uh, the phone that you lost has photographs of your boyfriend who has passed away. Is that right? Yeah, Neil, that's correct. Um, he died four weeks ago. Uh, oh, dear, Danielle. Only four weeks ago. Yeah, Neil. What happened? What happened? Uh, so look, I just want to say I appreciate you put me on air this morning. I really do. It means the world to me. But look, I put this long story short. My boyfriend, twenty years of age, beautiful, died, and um, he committed suicide just over four weeks ago. Um, Tuesday gone. It was four weeks to the day. I mean, his friends decided to go out for a few drinks, and at the end of the night, we flagged out a taxi at approximately twelve o'clock at the junction of uh, Half Moon Street um, at the Keys. Um, just at the back of the opera Back house. of the opera house, yeah. yeah. By the keys there, right? And we were dropped to the old Commons Road. Um, I had my bag with me, but in my bag was um, my white iPhone 11 with yellow rubber case cover. But forgot it when I got out of the taxi. The reason that the phone is so important to me, Neil, it was, it was bought for me by him uh, for Christmas. Um, he, we were together for eight years, Neil. You were together tw- when you were about 12. Started with, we were 12 or 13, were you? Um, no, I got with him. Um, what age would I have been? I would have been 15, he's 16, and sure, like I'm 23, nearly 24, and he's 25 now. His birthday was only Connor. two weeks ago. Okay. Connor, yeah. So um, oh. every photo we ever took together, every message, every voice message in that phone, Neil, very little of it is backed up. Neil, I'm here today talking to you to please, to the taxi drivers, to please, please return the phone. I don't care about the handbag or any of my other belongings, like my, my money, my bank cards, all that could be replaced. Besides my memories of Connor, it's all I have left of him. We are willing to offer a cash reward for the phone. Again, we are pleading, and I mean it, Neil, from the bottom of my heart, please, <laughs> the taxi drivers, please, please, please return the phone to you. Or return it to me, Danielle O'Donoghue, or contact our family, or put it into Garda Station. You cannot put into words the sentimental value of that phone and its contents. It may not mean much to you, but it means the world to me. I can imagine. I really and truly can only imagine. Now, your dad was on to me originally, uh, and and someone was able to work out that it might have been a Citroen Berlingo. Yes, Citroen. I don't know what. It was either one of those Citroen. Do you know what? Eli was after you know. I know, like I know. And if you don't know, you don't know. But, um, or like you, a Peugeot, one of those Peugeot ones as well. Like it was, was I it, think, I, didn't, I think it was a Peugeot one. I think, I think. Was it a people carrier, like, or was it a car? It was, um, so I was, so them small, mini, mini, mini vans like, yeah. they're, they're, like, they're like 70 years yes and there are Peugeots of those in the on the ranks I've seen them yeah 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 like to be honest now Neil I couldn't tell you what colour it was don't worry about that it. don't worry about that but you, you clearly know. didn't you clearly didn't get uh, the, the name of the taxi company or anything no no nothing but you know what I was thinking on a Tuesday night so usually now 
like in Cork the taxi ranks to be closed at about like 11 so it was I just I really do think it was a free now now I'm after emailing them now as well and I haven't gotten anything back but um, if you don't mind me saying he was a multinational man okay so you know that's all what I can remember okay. I need, to be honest okay. Um, okay. but I know 110% my bag was definitely 100% in in the van but I'm not worried about the taxi driver like I like the taxi driver might not have it it's whoever got into the taxi it could have me. been who got into the taxi afterwards because I can tell you one thing Cork taxi drivers even those who've come overseas to work and live amongst us they're by and large very very honest and they'll they'll be the first people to help you if you're ever in a crisis so yeah. this was Tuesday night gone was it? just Tuesday gone yeah round about what time? Uh, approximately 12 it was in the the hour of 12 o'clock so it was probably 12 or after 12 okay did you get on to guards or anything because this is of such sentimental value to you there could be CCTV footage of the taxi's registration so what I did was uh, my dad actually he rang and wished me now do you know what Neil this is another thing that's a disgrace if you don't mind me saying I was ringing Angus Garda station and they were not answering for I was after my dad was after ringing them seven times. I was after ringing them four, and not one guard I picked up the phone. Like you wouldn't want to be in a crisis because they just didn't pick up the phone. Now in the end they did, and um, we got through to lost and found eventually. And they said that there was no phone put in there. But that was the day after. So you know, the taxi driver, like he obviously works late, so he probably went home. He was probably okay. Anything could have happened here now. Anything could have happened so here. Somebody I, could have taken the bag and might have it, and might have yeah. the phone in it. Um, um, the taxi driver might have it and handed it into the base. He might have handed it into um, Granabraha Garda Station. He might have handed it into Toker Garda Station. Um, yeah, if, exactly. if he was like if he was like me and was trying to get into a Garda Station yesterday afternoon, forget about it because they're all closed. I was down in Mahan Garda Station, massive big barracks, sign on the door saying open twelve midday to five pm, completely locked up. Same in Douglas. I have no idea what's going on with Garda Station. They're all closed. But he might have handed it into another one. Who knows where he handed it in? Yeah. So uh, yesterday, then me and my sister-in-law Gemma, we were after ringing the Bridewell, and Bridewell. they asked they asked me for my date of birth. I don't know what that was. So my name, and then they called out my address. I said, "Yeah, that's me." They said, "No, there was no phone hands in." So I go, "That's fine." Then I went over to Grand Guard Station myself the other day. And I said, "Do you know what the guard was lovely?" He ex- I explained the situation. He said, "If the phone is not found." in three days time which would be today to go back over and they'll see what they can do okay. so I, I assume that's why he meant that he'll check the CCTV for me but um, can I, I just want to know Neil is it okay if I just say a few words about my Connor absolutely Danielle of course so um, I just want to say honestly Neil hands down I was just the most luckiest girl in the world just to have a boyfriend like him he was such a good boyfriend he was the best son brother, uncle, nephew and friend he was gifted with his hands Neil oh my god, like if he put his mind to something he'd do it, he was a fully qualified electrician he turned um, McGee's shop up in Churchfield on the side of his um, mum and dad's house they, they closed the shop after his father sadly passed away and him and his brother turned that shop into a kitchen he could do anything once he put his mind to it. He was involved in St. Vincent's Harlingham Football Club, Castleview. At one stage, he got on the Cork team when he was about 17, 18, I think. He was a great team player. He was very bubbly. Personality, always laughing, always smiling. He actually had an unreal singing voice then, would you believe? 
like I said, you're going to make me millions, I said. <laughs> but, um, he, which he definitely, definitely got from his dad, Jim McGee, who was in the band take five before. Because he definitely didn't get his voice from his mother anyway. I can tell you that now, right? But he was into all the old school music, which he obviously got from his dad um, in the 90s and early 2000s. He was a very, very funny person. If you knew him, very unpredictable. You wouldn't even know what would come out with the young fella, as well, I'm telling you now. But look... And we get to the end of it. So, look, unfortunately, he developed an addiction to cocaine, Neil. Um, cocaine these these days is just like smoking fags. It's like the new norm. Like, there's kids at the age of 16, 17 taking it now, you know. it's It started off um, with Connor as recreational, and then before we knew it, it was a regular thing. There was plenty of help there for him, Neil. But, Joe, he was just too proud, and he was telling us all that he was fine, he was fine, but he's just suffered in silence. Did you expect to have a long life with Connor? Obviously, you were that in yeah. love. We like, oh my God, Neil! Like we were after booking a one-way flight to Tenerife for my birthday on the sixth of May. We were going to go over. We were just like, we we're going to go over, going to live our lives. You know, and the year after, like I was planning, like you know, because I always said I, I wanted to be a young mother. We were planning to have babies. And you were going home. to live in Tenerife in the sunshine and raise a family there with Connor. Um, no, we were only going to go over there for a year. I was going okay. to come home. I was okay. going to come home. We were going to have our babies. We were going to rent a house. We just we planned all do all of the things. Together. Yeah, absolutely. Like marriage, big happy, exciting plan. And did you try and talk to him through getting help and everything? You were there for him. You had conversations about it. Absolutely, Neil. Like even his poor mother, like you know, when stuck, his brother, his his older. Brother, I won't dwell on his family situation if if you don't yeah. mind, Danielle, because I don't have permission to do that. You know, no, but, it's but, grand, but I like I'm allowed to say. I know. That, like, I okay. Men who have like mental health issues, it's just like they're too proud because they're men, you know, and that's not okay either. Like it's okay not to be okay, you know. Um. Oh yeah, we did, we did. We were after sitting down, I was after sitting and was like, Connor, look, like, you know, we're going to have to cop ourselves on, you're going to have to cop on, you're going to have to get, so we'll get, we'll get you back into work and we'll get through it and we'll live. And after we, we work really, really hard and I said, and at the end, we really work, we go to Tenerife, we'll live the best life and we'll come home, we have our babies, we'll get married. So I was just kind of getting, like, I was getting the positives. You're trying to think positive with him yeah. all the time. Yeah, me. yeah. You were giving him reasons to work at it. Reasons to yeah. change. Yeah. No, you were brilliant. In fairness. The yeah, shock of the shock of it, though, for you, must have been hard to even describe. I will never, till the day I die, forget when I found out. I'll never forget the day of our anniversary. The 26th of March 2014 was when we got to each other. And that date, I will bring that date me till the day I die I'll never forget it I'll never forget his birthday he's after giving me such a beautiful family his nieces and nephews are my nieces and nephews his brothers are my brothers his mum is my mum you know um, like, is I it just, very bad out there Danielle with regards to cocaine and alcohol and you know everything else the temptations for young people Neil, do you know what it is? Like at the start, you know, like people kind of want to be like, so they they wouldn't even know, like, but so now it's just like, um, or just the norm. Like you go out and it's just like, oh yeah, I have one of them there, and you know, it's like, it's just, it's like nothing. As I said, it's just like smoke and facts. It's just, it's all part of a night out now. But before you know it, it has you by the throat, of course. Absolutely, like you know, when you go out drinking, it's like it's nearly like that comes with it. Like when you go out drinking, when you go to the pub, with most young people. 
like that goes with it as well. It, what is it, I mean? cocaine or pop a tablet or both, is it? Uh, no, no, not the, not the got two tablets. Like it's more more cocaine out of anything. Neil, I'm not going to let you out. The place is just flooded with it, you know. And with men and young boys, of course, and young men, they're too proud to say, I'm struggling and I need help, you're saying to me. Absolutely, Neil. And look, another thing is... They'd, like, be, see, they'd be afraid they'd look weak. Sorry, go on. Exactly, like, and Joe, like, I'm listening to you, like, the past few days now on the radio and you're talking about everything that's going on, like, and I'm listening to the news, like, it's all negative to you. COVID, Ukraine, the housing crisis. I know. I know. The, the cost of living, like, you know, it's very hard for young people to get where we want to get when it's very But Danielle, hard. but Danielle, I tell you something, I thought your idea of Tenerife was a fantastic idea because I, I actually think that if people are young enough with good prospects, get out of Ireland. Just get out now, even if it's for a while. Come back in due course if and when things improve. But for now, see the world. Get out, work abroad, live abroad, go to Australia. Grab opportunity somewhere else because here at the moment, worthless. Just not worth staying. Absolutely. You know, I just it's, it's just so bad right now. You know, so I, I, I admire your plans with Connor. You didn't get to live them, unfortunately, but they were a great so, idea. They were, and you know what, Neil? I just miss him so, so, so much. And, like, his poor mother, his brothers, all of his family, like, we're all devastated because, Neil, like, you know, it's true what they say. People who suffer with their mental health, they're always the loudest in the room. And that was our Connor. Yeah, he was a very bubbly full of life, extroverted kind of person, but clearly struggling very, very badly inside. I know, Miss Ford. Absolutely. I know, I know. I know. All right. Um, d- listen, um, you, you don't have the um, Find My iPhone app, do you, on that phone? Do you know what? My sister-in-law was after training. My phone is off, so I can't. Now, we were after getting on to him. It's actually um, his mother's friend's daughter, she works in Apple and Snow you know Neil, I just don't even have the mind to so my sister-in-law is like after looking after all that for me, like you know, trying to get my iCloud back, but Neil, I say like, I, that phone I got at Christmas and I say only 40% of the phone is backed up because sure, I didn't think this was going to happen Who would have thought you were going to have phone. a tragedy like this in the first place, never yeah. mind the phone incident Alright, I'm going to recap on all of the information that we have just after 11 o'clock this morning and just see beg people, implore people, even if it was stolen, please, please, please leave it somewhere, put it in a jiffy bag post it to me, do something with it I'll come back after 11 on it, Danielle okay? Okay, Neil, thank okay. you Okay, talk again soon, cheers for now Miss Fortune, back after 11 as I say you get involved in the conversation, text 0868 I'm Lana O'Connor, Red FM News is first for local, national and international news and you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie 104 to 106 Red FM This is the Neil Prenderville Show Okay, and so hopefully the next time that I talk to Danielle it will be with uh, some good news, her boyfriend Connor who sadly took his own life in his uh, mid-twenties uh, tragically, um, you know, leaving a wonderful family behind and a beautiful, beautiful partner and girlfriend who thought that their whole life was ahead of them. They were going to go to Tenerife for 12 months and come back and get a home. And he was gifted with his hands, apparently, super, super electrician, uh, and that they were going to settle down and have children. But he had many, many struggles uh, from, you know, addiction issues and took his own life only two weeks ago. So her phone is an iPhone in a yellow case. 
and it's got all of their memories. And you heard her tell the story much better than I could ever do it because she's living it. And she spoke to me just before 11 o'clock. The taxi was uh, from Opera Lane to the Old Mallow Road. It was in and around a midnight Tuesday night. Now, CCTV footage, I mean, this is very important. This is not just about the phone. The phone doesn't really matter. It's the contents of the phone, all of her memories. And uh, he's only passed two weeks. Uh, so um, CCTV footage would be absolutely brilliant. Might be able to get the reg of the, the taxi. Maybe the taxi driver has it. Um, probably uh, one of those people carriers. You know the convert- I don't know the right term for these are. You know these fabulous looking taxis that are like converted vans with the side sliding doors and they can take seven or eight people. A lot of them are, are um, Peugeots actually. So I don't know whether it's a Peugeot, it could be a Citroen, but it's, it's one of those. Maybe the taxi driver, the phone is dead. Uh, maybe the taxi driver has it, maybe handed it into the base. Maybe somebody got it, was in a bag. Maybe somebody got into the back of the car and they might have it and doesn't know what to do with it. But the memories on that, uh, I can't overemphasize how important they are uh, to Danielle. And clearly she's very, very upset and would give the world to have that back. Now, um, I did chat with her there about whether or not the phone has got, uh, battery's dead, I know, but whether or not they turned on the uh, phone locator, which would have to do with uh, find my phone. Um, and I think apparently you can remotely activate the lost mode on it, which shuts the phone down, gives a GPS location. Um, I don't know whether any of that was done up, done by her or by, by a friend, but I don't know if that would work if the phone is, is actually dead or out of battery. I'm just trying to think of different ways of being able to help. But if there's anybody out there might be able to shed some light on reuniting her with the phone, please get in touch with us, even if you have it and don't know what to do with it or you're a little bit nervous now at this stage, you could always just bung it in a jiffy bag and send it to me. I won't ask any question, not interested in any way, shape or form, the backstory. Just send it to Neil at Red FM, Curraheen and Cork and I'll get it. You make a young lady very, very happy. Get in touch. Text 0868104106. Back after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106. Courts Red FM. Uh, I got a text in from a census enumerator who's gone about uh, collecting the census. Uh, says it's shocking going around collecting the census forms to all of the estates and the quantity of houses that are vacant and that look as if they've been vacant for many years. And we're in the middle of a housing crisis. Well, if anybody will see that at the moment, it will be the census enumerators who are going around to all of the estates, picking up the forms to bring them back to be processed. And they're going to see all of the estates and the amount of houses that are lived in and more, more importantly, the amount of houses that are not. Now, while I know that census enumerators, I'm told, I don't know why, because this kind of stuff wouldn't happen in any other country in the world. They're not allowed to talk to radio stations. I mean, you think that they had signed the Official Secrets Act. God only knows. Uh, but if you are a census enumerator that's out and about there visiting housing estates, you can always text me without coming on the air and let me know what it's like out there, what you're coming across with regards to houses that are clearly empty, vacant. Now, they could be privately owned, empty. I know there could be title issues or deed issues on it, but they could also be council houses. So if you are a census enumerator, I'd love to hear from you by text, text 0868104106. And I suppose the old enumerators are played because they go back and the forms aren't signed or the person's not there or they're asked to come back a second time because they haven't filled in the time capsule part of it. I'd say they must have the patience of saints, the census enumerators. Somebody sent me another photograph of their own time capsule, actually. It says, this is what they wrote. Hello to everyone on planet Earth. 
in the year 2122. Hope things are peaceful and stupidity is a thing of the past because we in 2022 were so dumb, we were dumb enough to allow water to become more expensive than fuel in 2022. And our planet in 2022 was over 70% of water. Now, that's a fantastic times capsule, whoever sent it to me. Thank you. Because I wonder, in 2122, how much of the planet will be covered by water in 2122? Possibly uh, more than 70% of it. I actually sent my own time capsule. I didn't take a photograph of when I when I wrote it in. But um, I, I did a time capsule of hope, you know, uh, where I was saying, you know, I hope... Uh, that, um, you know, war is a thing of the past and there is no more conflict. I said, I hope that famine and hunger and homelessness are a thing of the past in 2122. Uh, I said, I, I hope that you have managed to cure uh, deadly diseases. Pandemics are a thing of the past. I hope you've got rid of cancer. I said, I hope you've got rid of Alzheimer's. I hope you've got rid of, um, you know, dementia. Uh, I said in in my little few words, I said, we're working on it and we're doing our best. And I hope that the work we are doing in 2022 will have helped you in 2122 to make pain and suffering a thing of the past. Um, And I said, I hope you're happy. Um, And I finished it off saying, I hope my family are happy in 2122. I wonder what you wrote in your census capsule, guys. Text 0868104106. Maybe you have a photograph of it. You might... Email neil at redfm.ie. Meanwhile, it's a free food Friday today, courtesy of ourselves and roosters, Perry Perry, Douglas and Blackpool. Delicious food. If you're thinking of getting uh, call-out food or visiting somewhere at the weekend, check out Roosters Perry Perry. It's delicious mundo. like to nominate my job, Caremark Cork, for Free Food Friday. We'd love a good munch. Good morning as well to Rockleck Electrical Service Team on the Tremor Road. We love Roosters at True Temper and White's Cross, says Sarah. To Little Hands Child Care Redemption Road in Blackpool. To my daughter Sarah and all of her colleagues working and listening in the Beauty Hall of Boots on Half Moon Street. They made her feel so welcome since she started in January. Conor O'Shea at the, the Conor O'Shea, that would be Conor O'Shea's cardiology clinic at the Lee Clinic on the Lee Road. To Pro Valley and Maham Point, morning to them. Uh, Marie in Lehenamore is working from home. Iris Oxygen and Waterfall are all listening. Morning Stacy, Olga and Melody. Uh, Oregon Tarmac would love food. They're starving up in Balancholic. D. Dennehy Limited in Caritool. PGB Sports in Blackpool. Miss Designer Golf in Blackpool as well. To the Daltons in Mitchellstown, working in the family, family business. Abbey Maintenance. Joe's Edge Hair Salon in Blarney. Uh, everybody at Lehan Motors on the Kinsale Road Roundabout would love roosters. So would Joe Crowley Oils. Lehan Motors on the Kinsale Road. MB Recovery. Uh, my Canine Companion in Blackpool. Uh, BJ Automation. And everybody working in the maintenance department at the Imperial Hotel. So text who you are and where you are to 0868104106. We have more shout-outs to come. Then we'll pick a winner around about 10 minutes to midday. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818104106. Can I just say that we're uh, looking for a woman who got in touch with us just before 11 there to come back to us again. She rang in to uh, chat to Seamus. It was in the middle of a conversation with Seamus talking about drug use in the city. Um, and she was making some very interesting points that I want to develop on air and get some more information from her. But we lost her. Phones died. And uh, I'm just... Uh 
uh, anxious for her to call back again and get in touch with us again. So if that was you, please do call again. We didn't hang up on you. So get back to us. Text 0868104106 or pick up the phone on 0818104106. Do call again because I am keen to talk to you. Now, we talked earlier in the week, actually, it was just a couple of days ago to Deirdre and she was talking about um, being a full-time carer to her own son. He's 21 years old and needs full-time absolute care, you know, absolute care and attention and she gives that, or like many other carers do for a loved one. And after my chat with her, I got a call from Sharon, who called in. I believe Sharon told me at the time, I'm not 100%, but I think she might have a background in, in medical care like this, if I remember correctly. And she wanted to reach out to Deirdre because Deirdre was saying, you know, that uh, she hasn't, um, no, not blaming anybody in the, in the sense of the day service workers, but uh, she, um, she hasn't had a weekend off in, in years. And I was asking her, what would you do if, for instance, you were able to get a couple of days break? She said, I think I remember saying she would sleep. So Sharon wanted to help out. And I just wanted to update on that. Deirdre, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? I'm well. Sorry I kept you waiting so long there. Just Fridays are extra busy. So did um, you heard about Sharon? What happened since she came off air? So I spoke with Sharon yesterday and... Did you um, bump into each other? What happened there? Yeah, that's the weird thing. So I I was speaking to Sharon yesterday and she was telling me about her background and she was saying they listened back on the podcast and with her family and she said her mother just bawled out crying when she was listening to me and she was saying like we have to we have to help this girl and she was saying like I'm free every weekend like if you need to go out or if you want to break or whatever and she said my um, bridal shopping is done said my sister is getting married and I said oh I said I was bridal shopping with my daughter-in-law last weekend and she said where were you and I said we were in Cinderella's closet and then we had another appointment but we came back to Cinderella's closet because she just had her heart set on a dress yeah and she said, I was in Cinderella's closet. <laughs> and I said, okay. And do you ever just need a girl? And she just stands out in your head. Yeah. And this particular girl just, I remember she'd on a, a flowery dress and a denim jacket and her hair was tied up in a, in a ponytail. And it wasn't she was her. Bubbly. It was her. Weird. I, so, because we came back to Cinderella's closet. And so they asked us to stay because obviously it's with a point by appointment. And um, they were actually just leaving and we were there and she was saying, oh, good luck. And I said, oh, no, I think we're saying yes to the dress here. And it was, it was, actually, it was actually Sharon. And what I are the chances of it. that? I know. God. And I mean, isn't the universe said, a weird you know, thing what it throws up at you? And I said, it's fake. Like I said, our paths were meant to cross. And she does have a very good background in um, disability. And she would be very able for Evan, like, because obviously we'd have to be careful because, you know, like being nonverbal and like he's still in nappies. I know, but she's so, got the training. She's guarded like, she it. She has the training. And she's, she's over a decade experience, you know? Yeah. And we're actually going to meet up next week. At a wedding shop? <laughs> 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 now it's Norella's coffee no. <laughs> meet over but, coffee uh, and yeah. a scone will you yeah she says she'd love to meet up with Evan and um, and she seems very able and her family have a background as well and they're living down in West Cork and they have an area she was saying like you know even if you just want to go for a meal and we'd mind Evan for you and <laughs> come back to us you know how does that make like, you feel I just couldn't believe it I, I was saying for a girl to stand out in my head that I actually remember what she was wearing on the day 
before you, know, you ever knew who person. she was. Yeah, yeah. No, but she has a very bubbly, she's like myself, and she has a very bubbly personality. And I was saying, like, we definitely would bounce off each other. And coming back to that again, Neil, I am getting the 30th of April and the 1st of May off from Cove Foundation as for respite. Really? That came so out I, of the blue, yeah. did it? Um, well, they were putting me on their books for two nights, and what I you, think... What are you going to do? Well, I think the first night, myself and Al are going to go for a meal, and I'm actually going to sleep in our own bed for the first time in God knows how long. Who are you going for the meal and with? Then, uh, my husband, Al. Oh, where are you going to go? I have no idea, but we like Italian, so probably Il Padrino's or Rossini's or somewhere. And, hang on a second. Let um, me, let me, hang on a second now. Let me, let me think about this. I know the owner of Rossini, right? Why don't okay. I, tw- why don't I twist their arm and get you a table with a bottle of Italian vino? What do you think? Oh God, it'd be lovely. But you see, so now, now, that, now that I've said it, oh, that they're wonderful people and they'd give it to me with a heart and a half. Um, I've, I've kind of committed to it. So Rossini's for two, and I talked to, I talked to Trisha and I talked to to Tori about it. Um, and, um, oh, thank you so much. And the next night, then I might be arrested because I am definitely going out rocking to Gemini. Uh, what's Gemini? A band? The band, yeah, Lisa Sexton in Gemini, and I am definitely going rocking to her <laughs> after the following night. What's, so your you what's your husband's name? Al. Al. Where will, Al, where, will, yeah, where will Gemini be playing? Well, that now I have to find out because I know the week before I was hoping to get out and I know she's in the Glen Rovers. Are they good? Yeah, what I'm, do they do, Gemini? Oh, What's I her love name? Them. Lisa Sexton. Uh, what, what do they do? Covers, is it? Yeah, yeah. And she's actually going to be playing. They, 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 she does the app experience as well. So they're actually playing the second day of Dylan's wedding and then they're Gemini that night um, because obviously I have Simon Casey as the, the, the wedding singer, like, being your revision and all. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm lost. Who's getting married? My son. Oh, you mentioned that we on Wednesday. Yeah. My, that's why we were wedding shopping. So yeah, in fairness, yeah. Lor- Lorna brought me shopping with her last week. You mentioned that, yeah. People. Of course you did. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned the wedding. You know, I, like on, on a, I, I'm deli- okay, so at least there's a bottle of uh, vino and um, yeah. some beautiful Italian food and Rossini. I'll definitely, I'll make a note of that. Does anybody put X's on their hand anymore? Or is that just an old thing? Uh, I don't know. I have an X on my hand now, so at 12 o'clock I'd be looking at X saying, why'd you put that X on your hand? <laughs> <laughs> so we saw Rossini out for no, I know, tell me about it. I know. Um, so other people put it, they tie a little bit of string to their finger. I haven't reached that age yet. <laughs> no, <What>? not yet. <laughs> <laughs> What's the piece of string for? So anyway, that's sorted, right? Um, Thank you so I, w- I wanted to chat with Sharon as well, but she's not picking up. She's that very busy, bubbly person. So maybe I might get a chance to talk to her next week. Um, and she's lovely and she is very bubbly. And to top it off, Johnny Logan is on the Late Late Show oh, tonight. Oh yeah, Johnny Logan. You're the Johnny Logan call. Yeah, I forgot about that. We won't say any more. He is a great talent though, in fairness. He's a very approachable yeah, guy, yeah. you know. Yeah, and, and as I say, he has been very good to Evan. Like, has, I mean, yeah. in fairness, everybody, I must say, we was, were one of the lucky ones. We have re- we've never really come up against, you know, anything as bad as Evan gets. People have always No, I, I have to say, supportive. I did see some texts and there were some comments about people wondering about your... No disrespect now to your wonderful family and to your son, but mm. your, own, your own physical safety, particularly when you were describing... Yeah. That must have been very upsetting on the airplane when, when, when he kind of kicked off a bit, you know? Yeah. Well, Neil, I'll put it this way to you. We're lucky we have a car this morning. 
because, um, as you know, Evan doesn't sleep very well, so Al was out driving with him this morning, and I have a seven-seater, because Evan needs to be back from me so that there's a distance that if he starts, that I have time to react. And we have a special harness for him, and um, he actually rocked so much in the seat that the seat had to come out last week, and it's down in... Um, Johnson and Prairie being fixed. So um, Southern Mobility um, changed over the seat, uh, his harness to the other seat, but my car doesn't have um, a spare wheel. We have the kit. Yeah. And didn't he get the kit this morning and there's a piece of metal and while Al was driving, he was just hopping the metal part off the window. God that we were lucky we have there. Yeah. You're on, you're on 24-7 alert, aren't you? All, all the time. I mean, a couple of years ago, like that, I was out driving in Blarney and he had a meltdown and only by the grace of God, I didn't know the lady, but she knew us. And in the middle of the traffic, he got out, he had nothing on him and ran straight into traffic and I just jumped out of the car. Jumped in front of the oncoming yeah. car and like, I mean... The girl got out and she was just saying, it's all right, Evan, it's all right, I know your daddy, I know your daddy. And if it wasn't for that girl, and I mean, he was like 19, 18, 19 at the time, no clothes on him. I know. And like, I was That's just... That's so upsetting, all isn't it, see. for all of you? It's very, it, like, it's the little things that yeah. people don't see. And you know, it's what goes on behind closed doors, like, they don't see the tears, they don't see the heartbreak, they don't see the what-ifs, like, I mean... We were saying this morning, like, if Evan was, I'm going to say normal, and that's probably not politically correct, but, like, he would have been a fine boy. Like, like everybody been, else like, lucky enough not yeah, to have a he, disability. You know, like and I, I was saying, like, I mean, here I am, like, praying to God that Dylan and Lorna will have children. And I was saying, if this this lad was normal, I'd have a nana, I've been a nana about five times around at this stage with yeah, him. Yeah. Like, you know, like, he's like he's a great little fella. He really Evan is. Evan will always be with you. He'll always be in your life. And you'll yeah. always be the love of oh, his life. Like, and you, and you. you know, I mean, you love your kids regardless, like, but there's just that something special about Evan. I just can't pimp, and I know it's because he's mine, but he'll give you that smile, and no matter how bad your day is, that smile will melt your heart. I know. I know. I know. It's awfully. It's awfully sad that those that need it most in this country. I mean, I did a lot of work really on on other aspects of our health system in the past. One of the more disturbing mm. ones was, um, you know, geriatric care for the elderly who become yeah. invisible, or or like a conversation earlier on with the man who's living with all sorts of uh, illnesses and you know twenty four seven oxygen and living in living in a in a cottage that's actually killing him with mold and spores, mold. and he's got yeah. COPD and he's got. Um, uh, emphysema and the council don't want to know and he's 19 years on a housing list and needs lungs, needs lung transplant, he's going to die but yeah. nobody prioritizes, you know and then you have um, families desperate to try and find just a home and a roof over their heads it's, it seems the most vulnerable are always the ones that are forgotten about, you know I know and like sometimes I look around and I count myself so lucky there's other people worse off than me and then others would say like they don't see what you go through and you know, it's different for every other family, but like 
when it's your own, you just get on with it, yeah, you I do know. it. I know. I know. And then I sit back and I say, like today I was to meet my, a friend of mine for coffee and I just rang her and I said, do you really mind if we don't go because I am shattered and while he's in day service, I'm going to go to bed for a couple of hours. And that's the way it is. Like well, That's how I catch up on yeah, sleep, you yeah. know. Okay, so well, well, um, I won't keep you any longer than I have so you get the head down, all <laughs> and right? And thanks so much. And, and you know but what? today's Susan? a good day and Sharon's a good girl. Today is a great day. Yeah. Today is a brilliant day. Okay. And like, as I say, meeting Sharon is definitely, if nothing else, I know we're going to become very, very good friends. That's fantastic. And I'm glad to be part of that. Putting putting you together like that. And 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 I'll chat with you in the coming weeks. So I'll sort Rossini. Do you like seafood? I don't, but Al does. Okay, will you ever tell Al to have the seafood pasta? It'll come out like wrapped I in will. tin foil, like a swan. And then he'll open it up like Christmas morning, and in there will be just this pasta delight, full of chocolate block with seafood. Do you like um, oh, do you like it. chicken and mushrooms and pasta? Uh, yeah, I love it. Okay. They got a thing called a fungi ala polo, I think, which yeah. is beautiful, creamy pasta with chopped chicken and the most gorgeous wild mushrooms. You'll love it. Oh, well, that's my dish then. <laughs> and no sins that, that weekend. No, no sins, no, no. Slimmermark can go out the door that weekend. Bottle of Italian wine, maybe twist your arm, have a second, all right? Oh, I will. All right, talk soon, dear, all right? <laughs> Thanks, me. Cheers, Bye. take care. Text 0868104106, back after the break. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818104106, Red FM. Okay, so how are you, my friend? I'm okay, but you know, a problem my English. No, your English is superb. I just wanted to ask you a little bit about this fight for food waste. You know, this new group called Too Good To Go. So, you have a burrito bar, is it? I have burrito bar with a kebab. Authentic Turkish kebab. So, so this, is a, this is a Polish guy who's got a Turkish-Mexican restaurant. <laughs> Eight years in Cork. First <laughs> burrito plates in the Cork in seven Washingtons. That's pretty cool. How long are you there? Uh, eight years. I opened from 1st of January 2014. Okay. So at the end of the day, what happens? Restaurants advertise that they need to clear fresh food that will otherwise go to waste, is it? Exactly. So always to end of the day when we close the restaurant, we have five, six portion left food. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we can't use this food for the next day. So we usually we have to throw out to bin. But uh, one day girl, she came one month ago and she asked me about this food. What do we do with this food? So I explained her we throw out to the bin. Yeah. And she offered to us if we can uh, sell for 3 for 4 euro. Yeah. Instead of the West food, if we can uh, make the surprise bag for customers. So it's a surprise bag that restaurant. What's your restaurant called? Uh, my restaurant is called is Amigos Burrito Bar. Amigos, Amigos Burrito Bar. So there's the likes of you, Bakehouse 16, Cafe Gusto, Bean Brownie, the yes, Bookshelf, Panna Bread. Edison, exactly. The Massey Town exactly. Rotisserie, which do fantastic sandwiches. At the end of the day, they have a surprise bag. Does that mean that there could be anything in it? Yeah, the, uh, only what is left. So we, what we can use for second day. But I don't know what uh, what is. Uh, we don't know what will be left. You yeah, see? yeah. Because we have many options. We have chicken. We have burrito. We have lamb. We have vegetarian option, and we have very spicy chili cancara. Okay, chili cancara. So what did you so, what did you sell as a surprise bag today? Uh, today we sell the burritos with the creamy chicken. Now, how much would that normally sell for? 
Normally, is the creamy chicken is cost nine euro plus tortilla chips three euro, so it's around eleven twelve euro. But we sell for three ninety nine. And how for three ninety nine? But man, listen, we have to throw out this food anyway. I know, but it's still very good value. Very good value, and we can uh, save the food as well. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not wasted food. And I know that I was it's reading that I know that yeah. I was reading that um, something like 123 million meals are saved all over the world every year because of this app. It's all over those 17 countries, apparently. And I also think I read something, some ridiculous figure about the amount of food waste on a on an annual basis. I mean, it's just insane, isn't it? The amount of food that's wasted. Yes, exactly. And we are like the one month. So every day we sold around five meals, uh, five meals. Yeah. So uh, uh, last month it was 30 days. So we save around 150 meals from last month. Yeah, but I, I, I tried to order this morning from some of the restaurants, you know, through Too Good To Go. And they were yes. even, even this morning they were sold out for today. Is that right? Exactly, man. It's very popular. So when we have the uh, option there to, for surprise back, they buy like they in two minutes straight away, so everything is gone. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know what they're getting, but they order it in the morning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, they they booking already <laughs> before. <laughs> oh my god! How's business going for you? What are the kebabs uh, like? Uh, kebabs is very good as well, very popular for Arabic people actually. You know, the kebabs is very popular for Irish people, but only three o'clock morning. <laughs> when they close <laughs> but we try to change this opinion about the kebabs and we try to sell like the lunchtime you know in the oh, Germany man, or European I'll, countries is, I love yeah, a yeah. good pita kebab with with the, I love it with lamb do you do lamb? oh lamb it's homemade halal lamb yeah it's uh, like we, we prepare our food in the restaurant so we don't buy the frozen food because so, you, uh, you you say uh, yeah. the Irish only come in after after they've had a skin full of alcohol, is it? After a load of beer, yeah, exactly. And the nighttime, it's, that's what the, what what kind of opinion has the kebabs in Cork and in Ireland. <laughs> and the burritos, so, they're tasty too. Burrito, burrito, yeah, but burrito is more popular on the lunchtime. So a lot of students actually they buy the um, burritos. It's a very good deal for students. It's for eight euro with the tortilla chips, a kind of drink, you know. Some yeah, students, the students would money. love that kind of value. Yeah, yeah, good. yeah, yeah just yeah, fill yeah, them up yeah, and yeah. fill them up well. So exactly, if, so and there is the rice actually meat, so they fill them full, you know, for all the rest day. I know. know what you're saying. So too good to go. Is that an app that people would go on to? Is it? Yes. Yes. Okay, and like, would they want to get on early to get the the three ninety? Is it three ninety nine or four ninety nine? Three ninety nine, but actually from the next month we will have to put the price up. <laughs> so I think next month will be four ninety nine because all vegetables, all meat go up. You know, like the yeah, yeah. Like yeah. The, so there's a lot of cork restaurants involved, but the secret is if you want to get one of these two good to go surprise bags, you got to get in early, right? And you have to be early, exactly. Usually we uh, five past twelve next day. We uh, on the a.m. a.m. Yeah. So straight away, people start to order on the night, on the morning, 12 o'clock. Okay. So I think they're waiting they're <laughs> to get this. Waiting by the phone. I know. But I mean, is, I wonder, is there a serious side to this? Are the people ordering the food um, very low on money and literally hungry? And we not waste the food as well. And it's good, actually, advertise for us as well. You know? Of course so. it is. And you're talking to the likes of me on the connect. radio. Everything is connected. Everything is, is connected. So I think it's fantastic uh, the, the idea. 
And uh, I, I want to very strongly encourage the other restaurants in the Cork to, to join with this. Scheme. Yeah, well, I was looking at the list of them. I gave you some there. Others include Coffee Roasters, Soma, Is Cafe, Baru Coffee in Cork. Uh, there's you yourself. see, but it's a lot of the coffees, not many restaurants. I think it's three or four restaurants. All there. right, we need more restaurants on there, like you could say. That's what I want to say. I am actually, we was first restaurants, like the Burrito Bar, who do this, but... Most most of the businesses is like the coffees, you know. Well, I'm absolutely honoured to speak to a Polish guy who set up Cork's first burrito uh, bar and uh, Mexican and Turkish and, takeaway and in Cork. Mexican food, yeah, yeah. I exactly. gotta get into. And we are a local Cork company. <laughs> I gotta get into you someday for lunch. All right. Okay, of course. Thank you very much for this. Uh, my door is open okay. always. Yeah. Okay, amigo, look after yourself, Gregor. Thank you very much. Nice to talk with you. Have a nice day. Bye. You're listening to the number one talk show in Cork, The Neil Prenderville Show. It's the best in Cork. On Red FM. Oh, and all that's happening, of course. Free Food Friday continues with Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and uh, Blackpool. So one more blast of shout-outs. If you're very quick about it, text 0868104106 and I'll squeeze another few in. But in the meantime, good morning to Dennis and everybody at Glandor in the City Quarter building in Laps Key. Morning to everybody at Cork Distribution in Little Island. To everybody at Dental Options. To all of the staff at SOS Recovery in Blarney to everybody at the new hair salon in the lock they're starving and would share it with the lock credit union across the way morning to you all morning to everybody at Earnode Aaron and Kent Station keeping the show on the road they deserve a treat uh, morning to everybody at the cath lab working very hard looking after the patients at the Matter Hospital they love a lunch uh, JNS in Little Island are listening ECI JCB in Carrick Tool Leisure World in Churchfield Scannells Pharmacy in Ballinine I'd like to nominate all the staff at Trebolgan doing great work for frontline workers last weekend. Oh, last weekend was the frontline weekend where everybody who was working frontline during COVID got to go down there and uh, stay with family members. We gave them gave some of those away. Laura says, we had a brilliant weekend there. It would be nice to give something back. Premium golf brands, Barry, Joe's, Barry Joyce Coles, listening at the top of Sunny Fairhill, uh, Oliver Hayes Gardening Services in Bandon, Bespoke Wedding Ceremonies are listening, Specsavers in Market Green in Middleton, Creedence Doggy Daycare, and the Community and Prevention team based on the Kinsale Road. They say the nurses are amazing. They go to patients' houses, give them their antibiotics, do all of their dressings. It helps to keep patients out of hospital and allows them to stay at home. And that's Michelle, and she's one of the community intervention team at Kinsale Road. I'd love to give you know food to everybody. It can't be done. It has to be fair and equitable, and we'll do a draw. Now, one or two other little bits of housekeeping this side of uh, midday. Certainly sometime in the next 10 minutes, you're going to hear these this drop again. It's for Riverdance. So if you didn't hear it earlier this morning, I gave it one spin. These are the three songs sometime in the next 10 minutes that I want you to identify. Artists and titles, please. Water is the feature thing between all of these songs and you win tickets for Riverdance Live at the Marquee. Have a listen. All those songs, then artists and titles in the right order when you hear it again for the third time. Um, also, the 174th annual running of the Grand National is tomorrow. Now, stick a pin in the Grand National, I suppose, with 40 runners. It's the most famous jumps race. I think it's sort of just after five. Is it quarter past five, I think? Um, and Jordan Bracken, our tipster, gave us eight out of ten winners at Cheltenham. Eight out of ten. We had a very good Cheltenham. And we asked him for a tip, and as usual, he gave me two. So we have a choice on this one. Jordan says, Delta Work, trained in Ireland by Gordon Elliott, ten to one. 
and Borough Saint, trained in Ireland by Willie Mullins, 20 to 1. He says, either or both are worth a, worth a punt. So don't come back to me when either of those horses win on Monday, whinging that you didn't back them. So they're the tips for the Grand National. If you missed it, here they are again. Delta Work or Borough Saint in the Grand National tomorrow. For all of the business, text 0868104106. I want to hit the road, if you don't mind, because there's many a convoy headed from Ireland right across Europe and all the way down to the Polish-Ukraine border. But this one is an amazing one because it's uh, an entire cargo of different foodstuffs. And the vast majority of it is cork foodstuffs. Now, it's expected to get to the border, the Polish-Ukraine border, tonight. Um, And I'm joined by Niall Daniels, who should be on board the big cargo and is part of... uh, This is a Musgrave truck bringing Irish produce to the Ukraine-Polish border. Niall, good morning. Good morning to you, sir. Okay, not a great phone line, but whereabouts are you? Are you in transit? I'm in transit at the moment. Um, I'm just after uh, the biggest town you probably probably know would be Hanover, but I'm, we are to the east of Hanover. Okay. okay. Um, and we're just going to drop down for another about seven and a half, about nine hours drive yet to go. So nine uh, hours to the border the then? The um, no, it'd be through the band, it'd be through the Polish border to our destination. I would hope about nine, between nine and ten hours, traffic, traffic permitting, you know yourself. Yeah, and, and of course you would have gone from Cork by ferry, what, to the French coast, is it? No, we went from Rosslare to the French coast, to Dunkirk. Okay. It was a very long, it was a 24-hour journey and a little bit delayed as well to, to throw a little bit extra onto it. All right, and are you sharing the drive? I mean, you and the passenger seat right yeah. now or what? I, at this moment, I'm in the passenger. Honestly, I'm in the passenger. <laughs> I believe you. And what have you do, What have you been doing for sleep and food as you're heading down along? Um, well, we depart. Matt's from Galway. I'm from Leeds. From so Matt departed the day earlier than I did. Um, I had appointments in, in at home. Um, so Matt went up and loaded the trailer in Eid in Kells on Tuesday. Did uh, the dirty work. I landed down on Wednesday, then we did a final bit of preparation as regards paperwork and just keeping everything straight, Neil, you know. Paperwork. What's on board? I mean, uh, I know, I know. you know what attracted, what attracted my attention to this, firstly, was the 180,000 Barry's tea bags. <laughs> I'm with you, I'm with you on that. There's actually 179,000 now only, we're up having a great tea tea all the way down, I guess. You drank I a thousand guess, tea bags of it. <laughs> you drank a thousand of it. No where, where'd you um, get them? Was it Musgraves gave you them? No, that was from Barry's themselves. Fair play. Um, well done. Yeah, absolute look, fair play. I could go through it'd be like an Oscar nomination or an Oscar, an <laughs> yeah, Oscar yeah. speech. What? I could go through them all and that would be fair because it surely leaves somebody out. Okay, well but, I know you've got two tons of cheese, which is McCroom cheese, Carrigaline cheese, and Doro cheese in West Cork, is it? Catch the blue cheese, McCroom Buffalo. <laughs> Pashnatira, Caroline Carlegi, Coolie, Doris, Castle Blue again. Oh my Hegarty God. Cheddar, White Medium Cheddar, Wicklow Farmhouse Mild Cheddar, Carberry Cheddar. Oh, a, bit of Wicklow, cheddar. a bit of Wicklow cheese crept in there, I think, did it? They actually have to keep the Wicklow people happy. <laughs> we have Musgrave Super Value Flour as well. We also have <laughs> Kerry Foods Cheddar, Tipperary Co op Butter, Grated Cheddar, Wheat Flour. Organic oaks, brown bread crackers, <laughs> West Cork <oak> cookies, cookies. <laughs> West Cork cookies, the whole, the whole gauntlet. It's 
a wonder you're not inside in the back of the Arctic yourself chowing down on all that stuff. There is not a foot of space in the back of it. It is closed to the back door. Yeah, there's 1,800 litres of long-life milk in there, is there? Long-life milk, yep. But from um, our friends in Lakeland, yeah. Now, I mean, but on a serious note, it's much needed, of course. God knows it is. Who will you be giving it to? Um, we'll be handing it over to... It's, it's an organisation called... It's Via the Ukraine, which is obviously Australia, Via the Ukraine. It, it'll be going to the world, the world um, central kitchen. It is a... I thought it that that it's only after been set up in the last while, obviously since since the Ukraine thing has kicked off. Yeah. That's probably the wrong word to use. As, as, but I know what you start, mean, don't worry about that. Yeah. But it's, it's run basically as a charitable organisation at the moment, so far as I'm aware, and they're just doing their best, as, as people would say, they're just doing their best to help. I know, I know, and it is much and needed. And, no and, on, to help. and on its no way. Harm. Yeah, it's fantastic. It really and, and truly is. Way. So we have... I believe there's two trucks to meet us there to take the chill, the product that has to be kept refrigerated, obviously. Um, it'll be getting taken away immediately. And then you will have... The dry goods. I don't know what's going to happen to the actual... The dry goods, I, I presume they might go into storage for, for a little bit. Maybe they won't. I, I'm not 100% sure what will happen. Well, fair play to you. Well, fair play to you. I think it's fantastic. 180,000 Tibari's tea. So the people on the Russian-Ukraine border who badly need it, will be introduced to the nicest tea on the planet. Isn't it true? Although, not being, a cork right. man, not being a cork man, you mightn't agree with it. You might say something daft it's like lions, me. would you? I, I have a photograph of, on the dashboard. My wife made brown bread before I went away and her lovely plum jam and a Dr. Barry tea bag in behind it. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Fair play to you, Noel Daniels. Fair play to you, boy. Flying the cork flag. We're all proud of everybody that's on board that Ukraine truck and all of the produce from cork as well. Have a safe trip, all right? I say, and Neil, if I could just say something before I go, yeah. uh, Matt and myself are doing this, and we there's nothing to it as regards that. That's not what I'm saying. Because many of the man and many of the women did this long before us, and will do it long after us. And many a man and many a woman were pioneering these roads. When other people weren't thinking about the, the sacrifices they put up, whether it's humanitarian aid or whether it's putting food on somebody's on a family's table, that have given up an awful lot of their lives and their family times by they doing have. this job. It's a job I love, so I'm not complaining about it. But there's been many sacrifices made by many truck drivers that that people, you know. They just take it as granted. But you must, there must the be a... There yeah, we do day. take it as granted. We do. We go home at yeah. lunchtime or at dinner time. And I, I tip the hat to every person who has done it before me and will do it after. And I'll tell you something. There must be a sense of satisfaction at the same time, you know, that you are making a difference. There is. Yeah. There yeah. is. There yeah. is. There is. Like I say, I was a little bit apprehensive at the start. Two of us were a bit apprehensive. But once you get the kitchen goodbye, you know, at home, goodbye, and, and that kind of stuff over you, and yeah get into the swing of things get a bit of bureaucracy sorted out with the paperwork and all that and off you go well done well done and I contend alright well listen safe trip for the rest of it to both of you and uh, safe trip home and well done in the intervention and the aid that you're bringing down they're much needed including the 180,000 Barry's tea bags take care of yourself Niall thanks for taking the call thank you
Have Cheers. A good day. I'll bring All you back to Rock. Good luck. <laughs> bye bye now. Bye bye. That guy should be, he should be a stand up comedian. <laughs> Set up a stage down there, put smiles on people's faces. My sincerest apologies to Diane. I really, from the bottom of my heart, apologize. I won't get to your call this morning and I apologize for that, but I will do on Monday morning. Can I just recap again my conversation earlier on with regards to the uh, missing phone? Now, this is so important because it has all of the information on it belong to a young man who sadly took his own life uh, some weeks back. And Danielle, his girlfriend, his partner, who was to be his partner for their entire life, they had big plans made. That's her phone that was left in the back of a taxi Tuesday night. Got into the taxi around Opera Lane and went to the Old Mallow Road. Now, uh, we don't know any more information from than that, except that it looks like it was a big people carrier. It could have been one of the Peugeots. It could have been a Citroën, Berlingo-type car, you know, the side-sliding doors, the seven- or eight-seater. Left her bag in there and the phone. Now, the phone uh, itself is irrelevant in the sense that it's the photographs and the videos of her time. And they have been together since they were 15 years old, and he passed away two weeks ago, sadly, struggling with addictions and she's absolutely heartbroken. I would love nothing more than to get that phone or the contents of it, the photographs and the videos back to her. If you can help in any way, shape or form and I'm certain that the Guardian are taking it very seriously because it's a very emotional, sentimental story and it's very important to her in her life and she's heartbroken. If we could do anything at all, so Tuesday night, midnight into Wednesday morning, were you that taxi driver? Did you see the bag? Maybe you haven't. Maybe you handed it in somewhere. Can anybody maybe just think about this and text me if you have any information? If you have the phone and you want to give it to me and do so anonymously, just put it in a jiffy bag and send it to Neil Red FM Curraheen in Cork and I'll get it back to Daniel. I'd love to get that across the line. Um, you know the GoFundMe for Luke and Lily, uh, whose mum passed away, Cora, on uh, the Galti Moor while climbing with for Charlie at the at the weekend and she just literally drop dead. That GoFundMe is currently at €74,689 and Luke and and Lily will benefit from this. They're the children of Cora O'Grady who, as I say, passed away suddenly on the Galtees of the weekend doing the climb for Charlie and Ashling, her best friend, was on the show earlier in the week when the fund stood at a little over 14000 So it being the end of the week, I just wanted to update and let you know that's now gone to over €74,500. The power of GoFundMe and the generosity of people. I'm sure this is touching the hearts of people all over the country, but I imagine the lion's share of that is probably Cork. Uh, so thank you to one and all for that. I hope to maybe chat with Ashley next week to see where it'll be closed off at, but it's a, it's a phenomenal amount of money. Free food, fr- thank you. Free food Friday winner for this week. I know the lads gave it to me this morning. Uh, any chance of some roosters for the lads working in Iron Road, Aaron and Kent Station who've been keeping the show on the road? Well, I suppose on the tracks, if you like. They really deserve a treat. So that's from everybody at Kent Station who are working hard. Um, there's a good chance that everybody at Kent will be fed on this. It should be 15, but if you're frugal about it and share it around, all of the staff at Kent Station will be well and truly fed. Last bit of business this morning for I love you and leave you. It's Riverdance time. <laughs> The connection with those songs is they all have something to do with water. So artists and titles, please call her 10 0818 104 106. Tickets for Riverdance live at the Marquee, Friday, June 3rd. Enjoy the weekend. I'll see you Monday. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.